When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This is important. This is important, though. So um, I think it was, what, yesterday? We did the official blimp live stream. That's why it's all messed up. And so this was where we actually had a high-definition camera mounted on the Zeppelin, the Let's Go Brandon blimp. And so we reconfigured everything, and I guess they forgot to switch it back. So blame them. (laughs) I should have caught it. For the few minutes where you see me just, like, mouthing words about saying anything. So anyway, what I was saying was uh, Joe Rogan saved our lives. Yes, he did, yes. Personally intervened. He flew in, landed a parachute into the house, Mm -hmm. and he was carrying nothing but horse dewormer. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Uh, No, but uh, Joe, uh, I talked to him. He encouraged me to, you know, make sure I take it seriously. We had a doctor basically tell me, like, sleep it off, and I was feeling worse. And... You know, I ended up talking to Joe because Joe went through this and he talked about monoclonal antibodies and stuff. If if I didn't talk to Joe and Joe was like, hey, man, you should really take this seriously because, like, COVID's a big deal, blah, blah, blah. I actually, my lungs were really bad. Mm-hmm. And so when I was getting treatment, they were like, yo, this is really bad. And I had a really, really bad day. So I think I got hit worse than everybody. And uh, if it wasn't, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. Joe actually said he would cover the costs, you know, of the treatment for, for everybody, you know, so – there's a few people that I covered the costs for, but Joe really did step up, help out. He's a good friend. And the crazy thing is the media has turned this into some crazy story when the story is really simple. I called a friend of mine. He said, hey, man, you should call a doctor because you sound pretty bad. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And then I called the doctor and he's like, I want to prescribe this medication for your team. And then I talked to Joe. I'm like, hey, I'm getting that same treatment as you. And he goes, bro, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you guys. And I was like, wow, thanks, man. You're a good friend. That's the news. But but because it's Joe Rogan and they want to smear him and they want to lie about horse dewormer and all sort of garbage, then it becomes something that's that's really just blown out of proportion. What you need to understand is a lot of states have monoclonal antibody treatments that are free. We'll get into all this stuff because we got a lot of news about the the vaccine mandates. L.A. There's big protests. We got um, the 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 Surgeon General I think is now saying they want to push a vaccine mandate for literally all businesses now. So that would include us and anybody under 100 employees, which mm-hmm. is crazy. But we do got big news about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. The prosecution has been absolutely just just messing everything up, and it's so bad I have to assume they did it on purpose. One of the, one of their witnesses, the third witness now to backfire on them, and their key witness admitted he was only fired upon by Kyle Rittenhouse after he advanced on Kyle and drew a Glock and pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse's <laughs> head. And then immediately every legal analyst was like, oh, there it is. Like, they're call- people are screaming directed verdict, like the judge should throw it all out. So we'll talk about that. And we've, we've also got some big news on Russiagate and the Durham investigation. Joining us to talk about all this is Cash Patel. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, thanks so much for having me, Tim. I really appreciate coming out here to uh, actual America versus being in <laughs> communist D.C. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, look, I'm sure we'll get into all of it, but a uh, brief boring background on me public defender, former federal prosecutor, tried a bunch of cases, then got into more national security work, went over to JSOC, did targeting with our special forces guys for a while, probably the best job ever. Then I thought I was going to the White House to do national security stuff. Russiagate happened. That time, Devin Nunes, nobody knew who he was, nobody who knew who I was. Sometimes I wish we could go back to those days. (laughs) Um, Says, hey, run this Russiagate investigation with your intel, investigatory background, became his chief investigator and 
Well, you know what happened from there. And then I was fortunate to go from there to the White House. Uh, Deputy Assistant President Trump ran counterterrorism, became the Deputy Director of National Intelligence, and then finished off as Chief of Staff for the Department of Defense. So wow. pretty wild ride. Huh. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of news about the Durham investigation, you got a lot to say. So I got lots to say. This will be fun. <laughs> it yeah. will be. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. We have so much to get into. I'm so happy we're back, and we missed so much. I just want to rant incredibly about so many issues right now, but I'm going to save it. Uh, we also missed Halloween, which uh, sucks because I was planning on dressing up as uh, Tim Pool himself, but <laughs> I would have called myself Pim Pool from Pool Land, and uh, I had the beanie. I was going to have a fake beard. I was going to have the same exact clothes, and sadly, it didn't work out, but hey, what can you do? Now, on a very serious note, uh, I just exclusively released our The Real Island Boys t-shirt, which you could exclusively get on the com, which depicts one of our Lord and Saviors by the mainstream media, Bill Gates, with his very, very good, good, good mm. friend. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. So if you want the shirt, thebestpoliticalshirts.com. I got so much I want to say, so much I want to rant about. Holy cow, man, I am so excited about this show. I am also very happy to be here and be back and and rid of this foul virus that has been plaguing me for a week and a half. Hello, everyone. Uh, Lydia, we're getting some notifications that the audio is really low. Yes, I have to tweak it as we go. All right, so Lydia's going to be fixing the audio. Happy to see you, Cash. uh, Likewise. Let's rock and roll, baby. I am also here in the corner. I'm so excited to be back. Everyone complains about Mondays. I've always loved Mondays because my work is awesome and I love all you guys. So let's get started. And also, don't forget, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up after the show. It usually goes up around 11 or so p.m., so you're not going to want to miss that. And as a member, you're supporting our fierce and independent journalists who write every single day, and we got a bunch of exclusives. You'll, you'll want to check these out. Don't forget to go to the store. Go to TimCast.com, click store, and you can get your Step on Snack and Find Out shirt. It's our newest shirt. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. Cute little snake, so definitely a whole lot of fun. With that being said, let's jump into the first story. Let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Behold this image for those that are watching on YouTube. It is the prosecutor in one of the prosecutors in the Kyle Rittenhouse case face palming. <laughs> and this was when their own witness, Gage Grosskreutz, admitted he only was fired upon after he drew his gun on Kyle and then advanced on him. And the crazy thing about this is that in the trial, this guy Gage was lying over and over again, and the defense kept calling him out like, here's a signed statement, here's a photograph, here's an image, here's a video. And then only then was the dude finally admitting what he was saying was like, oh, okay, and then like changing his answer. In this instance, he was asked by the prosecutor, by the defense, sorry, the defense asked Gage Grosskreutz, he's one of the guys who attacked Rittenhouse and got, and got shot, and he, the defense said, it was only when you pointed the gun at Rittenhouse that he that he fired upon you and Grosskreutz said no at first. So the defense pulls out a photo, gives it to him, and he's like, "What's that a photo of?" And he's like, "You're pointing your weapon at Rittenhouse," and then he's firing on you. And then he said it again. So it was only after you advanced on Rittenhouse, gun drawn, pointed at him, that he fired on you. And that's when he goes, "Yes." Immediately, all the pundits are like, "Oh, directed verdict, directed verdict. It's over." But um, I don't know if it means it's over. It certainly means that on the murder charges, I think a fair assessment would be Rittenhouse is going to get its self-defense. But there's still the weapons charge. And Cash, interestingly, you were saying, like, you've tried cases before, mm-hmm. and you think the jury might actually, what, 
say <clears throat> we don't care about this? Or Look, I tried like 60 jury trials to verdict, right? Criminal murders, homicides, bank robberies, narco trafficking, you name it, right? Every case I thought I was going to win, I lost. Every mm. case I thought I was going <laughs> to lose, I won. Um, juries are, and this is why there is no such thing as jury specialists, because you cannot be that good at reading 12 total strangers. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, the signs in this case are good, but, uh, people are like, well, if a jury's out for three days, it means the defense won't. There are no rules for this stuff. I think this is a very good day for the defense. And also the fact that the prosecutor in this case has his hand, his head in his hand. <laughs> it's photos amazing. <laughs> no, but just he means he did not prep his key witness, the major witness in the case, the victim, because he's shocked to have that verbiage come out during yeah, trial. He, he not, was a not star a witness. Not a victim. Not a victim. Sorry. Not a victim. Yeah. My bad. He was a star yeah. witness that, Complaining that witness, sorry. lied to the police, lied about exactly what happened here. And now this, I mean, some people are saying this is, this is over, but as you said, you know, court proceedings are like gambling. You never know what the outcome is going to be. And there's a lot of people threatening uh, riots, a lot of people threatening protests, a lot of people threatening to go after the jury as well. So we're having a lot of outside impact on this very important trial that I think we should also kind of hone in on and talk about. That's that that's crazy to me though. That I people were saying uh, it was like Requieta Law. There's a viral video that Viva Fry posted. These are lawyers, by the way, for those who aren't familiar with them. And Requieta is like directed verdict. There mm-hmm. it is on all murder charges, which basically means. Well, can you explain directed verdict? Sure. It's 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 this mechanism in in legal trials where you basically you say, Judge, did you just see what happened? There's so much evidence to go our way. Our way being the defense. Take the case out of the hands of the jury, direct a verdict, because the law cannot convict this man based on the facts. It's rarely used. I agree with the sentiment expressed by the attorneys, but a judge can also reserve a directed verdict till after the jury even comes back with their verdict. So that's generally what happens. Does that happen often? Wow, wow. Less than 1% of the time. So wait, wait, you're saying that the jury could actually come back and be like, he's guilty, but mm-hmm. the judge could go, no. Yep. You can still file your motion for directed verdict afterwards because you can say the jury erred. They're the, they decide the fact. You, judge, decide the law. And based on the law, you can't convict my client of, wow. of murder. I, I can't. I think it's insane this is even a trial at this point. <laughs> it's political. It's the pl- I was just going to say it's the politics. And that's what makes this trial even scarier. It's the politics of the case make it even scarier because the jury is going to feel more pressure. You know, it's going to be kind of screwed up if I turn out to be right because it was – well, what, what I mean is a, a few weeks ago, like a few months ago, I said Kyle's going to get life because oh. because what happened with the Chauvin trial is, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this a little bit briefly before the show that they tried – they get him on murder and all that stuff, but it was like potentially manslaughter. Mm-hmm. That was the argument. And then during the, the court case, it was not just my opinion as a layman, which is not worth much at all, but – all these legal analysts, actual lawyers, actual mm. defense lawyers saying like, wow, 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 in these instances. But the jury was under duress. So you end up with jurors coming in the Chauvin trial being brought in by armed cops with machine guns. Clearly something's wrong in that case. Yeah. And then the jurors even said after the fact they were scared they'd be targeted. I felt the same th- same way with the jurors in the Rittenhouse case. No one is going to want to stand up and sit their neck out for this kid if a rioter is going to show up and burn your house down. However, now it's winter. People don't riot in the winter as much. Like, it, it typically won't happen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Now it looks like they over, they definitely overcharged Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to think that, you know, after seeing how the judge was ruling on this and how the state has been handling it, they've had three witnesses they've called that have backfired on them. You had Richie McGinnis, who basically was like, the dude said F you and tried grabbing the gun and they tried finagling their way out of that one. You had, I think his name was Ryan Balch, who said, one of the, one of the people who attacked Rittenhouse went up to them earlier in the day and said, if I catch you alone, I'll effing kill you. And that was the, dis- that was the state, that's a prosecution's <laughs> witness. And then you get this guy who's like suing the city for $10 million. And he, he gets asked by the defense, the outcome of this case will impact whether or not you win that money. And he's like, yeah, but he stopped short of saying he thought, you know, convicting mm-hmm. Rittenhouse would help him win the money. And then you get this where he's basically like, you know, I was only fired upon when I pointed my gun. But what if the jury gets scared? You know, there's a viral video where guys like, we got cameras in the courtroom. We know who these people are. Mm-hmm. What if the jury gets scared? They split the baby. That's what they used to call it. Basically, the judge or the jury comes in and says, there's too much political heat on this. There's too much media on this. If we are just deciding this case on the facts and the law, we'd probably acquit him. But we're not going to convict him of murder. We're going to go in between and probably hit him with a manslaughter charge. That happens a lot in high-profile media cases. That's scary. It That's is. not justice. No. It's the furthest thing from it. With with the Chauvin case, I think it might have been Will Chamberlain who who mentioned this. You know Will? Yeah. Lawyer. Mm-hmm. He was saying that as soon as the judge in that case acknowledged there's nowhere you can go where people won't know about the rioting, mm-hmm. he was like, it should have been dismissed. Mm. The case outright. If you can't have a fair trial, then you can't have a trial. Yeah. There's no good. There was a cause to move that venue, move it out, you know, and that's what he was alluding to. And, you know, most judges won't do it. Watching this this case with Rittenhouse, I mean, it's it's it feels like the prosecutor is throwing it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I think he's just he's just not prepared. He thought he looks to me like a prosecutor when I was a public defender faced guys like this who thought I've got this case so in the bag, like the Casey Anthony prosecutors down in Miami. I've got this case so in the bag, I literally don't have to do anything but just put up my witnesses, and the political shitstorm in the media will come in and basically overcome my failures. Why do they want to prosecute Rittenhouse? They've seen all the evidence. Well, again, you're going back to justice, right? Which is a concept that's unfortunately eroding in this country. But basically their, their take is we've got to prosecute this guy. The media is going to, you know, come after us if we don't. Certain politicians will come after us. Certain mm-hmm. factions of America will come after us if we don't prosecute this individual. He's not been, has, I don't know if you know this, but was Kyle Rittenhouse charged with manslaughter? He wasn't, was he? I don't. You don't have to be. Um, basically, that's what I was going to get to. Basically, once you're charged with the top crime, you can be convicted of everything underneath it. You know, so murder includes manslaughter. It's probably three different kinds of manslaughter. It includes aggravated assault. And if you use the weapon, there's a firearms charge. There's a whole litany of things that comes in underneath. So what do you think? You think he's going to get a lesser charge? Yeah. What do you think I hope about, I'm wrong. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about human events reporting that the FBI allegedly had footage of exactly what happened here, but they didn't want to release it because they didn't want to exonerate Rittenhouse? That's that's the allegations by human events. Wow. That so look, having been a guy who was a national security prosecutor, prosecuted terrorists all over the world, and worked with the FBI, I love those guys, most of them. Right. What I don't like is the top and that Russia Gate. We'll get to that as a prime example of how. America's faith in our law enforcement community has been destroyed by a select few. 
And when you say something like that, if you told me that seven years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy, man. Mm. If you tell me that today, I'd be like, someone needs to do that. Someone needs to look into that seriously because if the, if the juris, Justice Department withheld evidence, exculpatory evidence, like we've caught them doing time and time again from Russiagate on through the Flynn case, when Flynn was exonerated, they withheld exculpatory evidence the day of the FBI. Well, the Epstein case, they withheld the uh, information for 30 plus years. The FBI <laughs> was, was interviewing witnesses in the 90s. That's right. Uh, with, with women that came forward and said, hey, this is happening. And the FBI literally looked the other way. There was the other case of the other um, family friendly show, the other person who hurt children. I forgot his name. We were just talking about that. Prince Andrew? There's, of course, Prince Andrew, Cosby. and then there's another, <laughs> there's, there's another case a couple of weeks ago where the FBI again ignored the victims, mm. uh, screwed them when they knew. Oh, 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 the, oh, the uh, gym. Nasser. The yes, gym. Nasser, yeah, Nasser, Nasser. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it's like, how many times could they do this now? Dude, so, dude. Yeah. I'm watching the live stream of this case, and I think anybody who's watching this is probably asking themselves over and over again, how was Gage Grosskreutz not criminally charged for it for for at least the, having the gun hmm. right but it sounds hmm. like attempted murder potentially the, the the only reason that we are not watching a trial is be, uh, for attempted murder is that Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself Gage Grosskreutz lied to the police multiple officers about having a gun he his concealed carry was invalid he knew it was invalid so he lied to the police so here he is at at a protest he goes to, at a riot. He goes to multiple. He's admitted this on the stand. Multiple events armed with a gun. He's not legally allowed to be carrying. Now, I'll stop right there and say, I believe he sh- that, that that's a bunk claim because the Constitution says you have right to keep and bear arms. And then trying to put this this law over someone's right to keep and bear arms is BS. But for the sake of the statutory legal issue at play, here's a guy who should have been charged for bringing an illegal weapon concealed to a riot on multiple occasions. And the prosecution showed that he was chasing Kyle Rittenhouse out of view of yep. Rittenhouse. He didn't know where Kyle was. And you can see him on camera running towards him and reaching into the small of his back and drawing the gun from his waistband. How did this guy not get charged? And the, and, and now we learn the FBI had the aerial surveillance footage. So wait, wait, you mean the FBI was was surveilling the riots from from with a drone and they've not charged any of these people? What the ever living F. Or release the information to help this court proceeding, to help this trial go along in a more accurate, honest way. Mm. Uh, you know, why hasn't that been released? So the, Our so, taxes were used for that money. Yeah, Sorry, go so ahead. Here's, the, here's the thing, right? That case is going down in state court. The FBI is a federal law enforcement agency whose mandate is in federal court. Now, that doesn't mean that the FBI doesn't participate in crimes that are prosecuted in, in state court, but very, very rarely. And they, the way they view it is that's a separate court system. It's a Wisconsin state court system. We do not have any obligation to do anything. We have no relationship with that prosecutor to do anything. And they can hide behind that. But why didn't they bring any charges? Is it because it's not a federal offense? They could, but usually what would happen is the DOJ would bring charges and they would supersede any of these charges. But the problem is you have, again, a politicized law enforcement community where they're saying because of the riots and because of everything that happened here, the number one target is Kyle Rittenhouse. So we can't go ahead and supersede with a federal prosecution for another defendant or possible defendant because they want to see how that case plays out because they don't want to take the heat away from that. Did you see that uh, they had a subpoena for the phone of Gage Grosskreutz, the guy with the gun, and they didn't enforce it. They didn't act, enact it. They ignored it. And the defense actually asked one of the detectives, is it normal that you'll get a, a search warrant and not use it? And he was like, well, sometimes. And he was like, did the prosecutors ask you 
to and, and you know use that search warrant and he goes no and he's like is it weird that you've been granted the ability to search the phone of this guy and you said no to that that's i mean to the so there's one remedy for all this right when the jury trial is over, the judge, any judge, has the authority to issue contempt proceedings. What that means is you do not need a prosecution. You do not need a Department of Justice or State Attorney General's office. The judge can call any witness or the prosecutor that appeared before him and said, I think you lied to me. I'm holding you in contempt of court. It's a state felony. You have, you have to bring an attorney and show me why I shouldn't throw you in prison. And it happens rarely, but in a case like this where you're talking about all these – possibilities of exculpatory evidence, prosecutorial misconduct. Mm. The only person that can keep it straight is the judge. It, when, watching this trial, the state is going fully motion, trying to they, they get this, this, this Gage Grosskreutz guy to like cry on the stand almost. Yeah. He's like, I thought I was going to die. The media, fully complicit. You look at the media on this, and it's similar to the Chauvin trial. You'd think the prosecution was like hitting slam dunks. Yeah. This guy was like, I was trying to stop him, and I thought I was going to die, but I had to. And it's like you actually listen to the testimony, and he's like, I want $10 million from the city. And, and What? <laughs> but <laughs> Dude, but in state court, that's the difference between state and federal court, right? The media is allowed in. TV cameras are allowed mm-hmm. into state courtrooms. TV cameras are not allowed in a single federal courtroom in the United States of America, which is why you get those cartoon sketches. Mm-hmm. You never get videotape. Never allowed. But when you do, you play on it. Jack Posobiec had a good tweet. I don't think he got every single reporter that was down there, but I'll give a shout out. We had what B, it was BG on the scene. It was Richie McGinnis. Right. It was Julio Rosas. It was Ford Fisher. Who else was down there? Shelby. Shelby Talcott. Shelby Talcott was down there. And then, yeah. Was Drew down there? Drew Hernandez? No. No, he wasn't? I don't remember. Who does Lives Matter show? Is that Drew? Yeah, that's Drew. Yeah, he was yeah, there. He was there? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he might have been here. All of these guys, these reporters, all these people, if they were not there, this would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Rittenhouse would be would locked up on the emotional testimony alone. But it, it is it is like I have personal experience with the no cross prosecution thing. Mm-hmm. It's scary to me that we're at a point where during the criminal proceedings for Kyle Rittenhouse determining whether or not he was acting in self defense, we're getting evidence of other crimes committed by a ton of other people, and it's actually starting to sound like the crimes were committed against Kyle, but he's the one on trial. It's scary, and there's. Unfortunately, no way to remedy it unless this judge intervenes afterwards. He's a good judge, though. He seems to be pretty good. And he might. He might. Look, he's a smart judge because you don't intervene mid-trial. That's the dumbest thing you can do as a judge, right? You just hold powder because you know there's things you can do afterwards. If we get a directed verdict, that'd be nuts. But the the fear is there's going to be a riot. Yeah, he and he's not going to do it. He's, yep. he's just not going to. He he. You cannot take the judge the the case out of the jury's hand as a judge. You just can't do that. Even even when it comes this far, like yeah. because he can always do it after, right? right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Afterwards, mm-hmm. if he, so one of the crazy things is that there was a, a. I can't remember exactly what the prosecutors were were asking of the witness, but it was objected by the defense on habit and customs. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So he was saying, you know, objection, Your Honor. He's it's something related to habits and customs. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, basically? basically, what happens is when you have a witness on the witness stand and you're trying to get facts into evidence, you need that witness to testify to it. Sometimes, what you can say is, "Oh, John Q. Voter. He woke up every morning at 9 a.m., picked up his Glock, went out to the backyard, and shot 17 rounds." If you can prove that he did that every day, you can allow that testimony to come in from a witness who saw it based on habit and custom. That's what that's so evidence used the, for. The defense objected on these grounds and the judge said sus- I <laughs> he said sustained. Yeah. And the defense backtalked the judge. And he, the, the, the I'm sorry, not the defense, the prosecutor. Oh, okay. The prosecutor was te- was te- was asking a question. The defense objected. 
the judge sustained the defense. And so the prosecutor back talked to the judge saying, but this is all habit and customs. And the judge goes, you don't need to comment on my rulings. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I've been on the receiving end of that and the giving end of that. And it's, uh, it's, oh. I was reading a legal analysis from uh, Andrew Bronca and he was like, whoa, you do not back talk the judge. Like, is going bad for them. When it's going downhill, you, you get out of the way. I mean, this, and the defense attorney seems to be doing it the right way. If the judge is, if the judge is going after the prosecutor and ruling in your favor, you're just kind of like, all right, keep going. It, I'm, I'm every day, more and more shocked that this is even happening, that the trial is even happening. Should we make predictions? What do you guys think is going to happen? <laughs> Man, I, I was saying before life in prison <sighs> because they're going to convict them on the murder charges. My my view initially was that if just based on what happened in the Chauvin trial, mm -hmm. there would be no political willpower to defend principle. The jurors are going to say, I don't want to be here in the first place. Right. The judge is going to say, I got a million and one cases to deal with. I don't need this one. And no one is going to stick their neck out for this kid. However, the judge has been pretty fair. He's not given the defense everything they've wanted. Mm -hmm. There's been a few rulings where he's like, you know, no. They, they tried getting uh, the gun charge, I think, thrown out yeah. because they say that the law specifically says it doesn't apply to 16 and 17-year-olds. It's uh, For those that aren't familiar, the law says an, a minor can't carry a weapon. Yeah. But it specifically says an exemption. This is what they argued. 16 and 17-year-olds are exempt from this. And the judge was like, that's for the jury to decide on the charge. Yeah. Then they also tried saying the reckless endangerment charge should be should it should like I think they're trying to get it thrown out arguing that Richie McGinnis is the reason for the reckless endangerment charge mm -hmm. I think it's reckless endangerment that when Rittenhouse was firing on Rosenbaum Richie McGinnis was right there and he created a reasonable harm to Richie oh, okay. thus there's the charge but they specifically say in the law if you're acting in self-defense you did not create a reckless you know situation or whatever and the judge said that'll be for the jury to decide so he wasn't going to give them exactly what they wanted but there was an instance where the defense accidentally referred to Grosskreutz as a victim. Mm. And the judge – and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And the judge was like, strike that comment. Yeah, They're not – what's at trial right now is whether or not these people are victims. So when I started seeing how the judge was acting, when he said you can't call these people victims, but you can't call them rioters, I was like, wow. Like, I'm actually impressed he's willing to stand up for this. The crazy thing, I don't know if you saw this, was when he ragged on Jeffrey Tubin. It was that's his name, right? Jeffrey yeah, Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they were ragging on the judge. And the judge was like, I have followed this to the law. Who is the media to come and start criticizing the work we're doing? They're undermining this court proceeding. Yeah. And that's really, really bad. So I see all that stuff, and now my prediction is probably I think they'll get him on the gun charge. I think they're gonna they're gonna get him on a misdemeanor gun charge. I'm not a lawyer, so you're the lawyer. So actually, we for you. Recovering. <laughs> Recovering. Yeah. But it sounds like they'll get him on a manslaughter thing out of fear. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, a, a version of manslaughter, maybe involuntary manslaughter, and, and something like that. Some sort of some sort of act that the jury can be like, look, we convicted him. Now over to you, judge, for sentencing. So the judge can still give him a stiff sentence, or he can be like. Here's 10 years of probation. And I think uh, so far we're still only on the state's case, right? It does, the state presents their case, then the then switches defense. defense. Yeah, and then the state goes again. Goes again. Yeah. So they we have still, the I, I think we still have, what, like two weeks or? Probably. These cases go for a while. Look, the defense, if they got everything they want, and I haven't been following this case like you guys have, but I probably would not put on a case. If you get everything you want, then you remove the state's possibility of doing a rebuttal case and just repeating their entire prosecution, and you just kind of screw the prosecution if you get the facts you want that you can argue in closing if they acquit rittenhouse he can't be tried again on on related charges not in state court in federal court he could but even if it's like a different charge what if they're like okay now we're going to try and charge him for something different but from the event so there's a whole like legal equation that goes into that it's really hard to beat i mean they'd have to be like it was a totally different series of events we didn't know about it before new witnesses new evidence new timeline so not going to happen. He stuff. gets acquitted. He gets acquitted. He gets acquitted. But if he gets convicted, he appeals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you guys think? The evidence is looks like it's defense, like he defended himself. The dude was pulling a gun and coming at him. <clears throat> I mean, that guy. And the first guy said, if I get you alone, I'll effing kill you. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, that, I can't, I, and, and this is the state's witnesses. It's the state's case. That's what I mean. It's like the conversation of if I put myself in a bear cage and then the bears attack me and I kill the bears, I was defending myself, but I also put myself in the position mm. where those bears had to die. Well, hold so. on. But let's, 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 let's fix the analogy. What if it's not you're putting yourself in a bear cage? It's that you have a gigantic silo full of honey and a bear has shown <laughs> up. I have to protect the honey. And so you're like, Hey, this is my honey. Get away from me. And the bear tries to kill so you. I've been eating a lot of honey lately. And, 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 <laughs> and the bear says, if I get you alone, I'll effing kill you. <laughs> then I'm on guard. Yeah. So it isn't the same as just entering a bear cage and being like, Oh no, it's no, coming it's right for us. He was there to protect the, the gas station and the, the buildings and oh, stuff. Down, yeah. yeah what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Let's say it was a stupid thing to do to think he was going to be protecting that. I mean, yeah. Probably not the smartest thing to do, but it's whether or not he has the legal ability to do it. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't affect self-defense, right? It, it, it can, depending on the circumstances, whose property it is, who, who you, you can step in to defend anyone if you feel objectively their life is being endangered. Mm. Self-defense applies to the person. Property is a little different. If it's someone else's property, you're probably not going to get away with the self-defense argument. If it's your property that you own. Well, apparently, apparently the owners of the car place or whatever said mm-hmm. we didn't ask for their protection. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, but not, it, I, not a good fact for them. I, I, I think anybody who's going to come out and say it's, it's like, um, there's, the state has nothing would be wrong 
you know, and and, and, yeah. and and I'll say like I've been hyperbolic on Instagram. I'm like it's over, and it's like, <laughs> but I, I don't mean to say because I, I I mentioned this in my, vi- my my main video. The state does have some things, right? The guy Gage Grosskreutz testified that the only reason Rittenhouse didn't shoot him while his hands were up mm-hmm. was that he missed the, the gun misfired, and so what oh. he said was Rittenhouse was pointing the gun at him while he had his hands up, and then Rittenhouse pulled the, the pulled the uh the rail the, the rack the, yeah the rail back mm-hmm. to clear and then rechamber to chamber around and the media's reporting it as Kyle Rittenhouse held him at gunpoint while he reloaded the gun which is like not what he said but the argument is from the witness this is what the jury heard that Rittenhouse pulled the trigger and the gun misfired so then he pulled the rack back to rechamber around and then fired on Gage Grosskreutz so it's not like the state has nothing. No, they got stuff to work with. Right. I mean, you're talking about reloading a firearm that you already pointed at the target. Not reloading. But I know. But that's what the right. That's what they're. The, even if I was a prosecutor in that case, that's kind of how I would describe it because mm. you can kind of get away with the facts saying it's a reload, and you you want the jury to hear reload instead of the correct terminology. I want to make sure I'm being fair, you know, because the state does have their yeah. their their offense. But I will also point out the defense rebutted by showing there was another man who had his hands up that Rittenhouse also didn't fire upon. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if the argument from, you know, Gage was that he did, but my hands were up, then it's like, well, how do you explain the other guy with his hands up? He didn't fire on either of you. So it's like you can't claim that he was just singling you out. So I guess we'll see how that plays out, huh? We'll see what we'll see what happens as the, the case progresses. Gage is the guy that got his bicep blown yeah. off. Vaporized. Yeah, Jeez. Thanks. But this this dude was lying the whole time. It was nuts. Like, Those guys attacked him. One guy came at him with a skateboard like he was going to smash him over the head he with the skateboard. He did smash him over the head. Mom, and wow. they showed video of it. Yeah. And they even asked the de- detective, where's the skateboard? And he was like, oh, uh, I don't know. It's like, isn't that important <laughs> to have? And it's like, we didn't look for it. They asked, like, did you do a swab for DNA on the rifle to see if Rosenbaum had grabbed it? And he's like, no. What? <laughs> we didn't do any of those what? things. And, and the other thing the defense brought up is, he's like, you filed charges against Rittenhouse before the investigation was completed? And they were like, Yes. And he's like, so you didn't have the full facts of the case before you filed charges. And he goes, yeah, but that's that's typical. That's it, usually what happens in state court. So it's the difference between state court and federal court. State court, you charge the defendant, and then you build your case. Right. Federal mm-hmm. court, you build your case, then you charge your defendant. And and I think it's fair to point out, too, the detective said, we have a high-profile homicide where people you know see video of it. Mm-hmm. So charges are laid, and then we start putting together the investigation. But I think it's obvious to anybody who's being honest that they overcharged. Oh, yeah. Call it, calling it a homicide seems they got to prove that they can't just no. say it's homicide just means a person killed a person yeah that's oh, not a I see. it doesn't mean you intentionally murdered somebody this is what people don't understand activists don't get this they'll be like you know uh, a guy was killed by a cop they ruled it a homicide and they'll go whoa that proves it like yeah. it just means it someone died, died. Yeah. someone died as a result of human action i yeah. believe right so a homicide may not be illegal homicide's never illegal it's just interesting you're dead Circumstances yeah homicide of your death yeah yeah it, it, what, what does it mean specifically? It means person killed person? Yeah. 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 And then mm-hmm. accidental death, you know, suicide means person killed self. And yeah. regicide means person killed king. king. Also <laughs> known as a, a manslayer. A uh, word that that is the word. I'm pretty sure it's regicide. Right? Yeah, it is regicide. <laughs> yeah. Tyrion Lannister. Patricide, yeah. yeah. Regicide. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Patricide. Matricide. Yeah, There's yeah. words for all of these things. Ratricide. Yep. Well, let's, let, let's talk about the, uh, the Steele dossier, man. Yes. So we have this story from the Washington Post. And this is a little bit more in the weeds on the, on the, on the, on the poli- politics. But this is really, really important. So for those that are just tuning in or who are not familiar with what's going on with the Steele dossier and the Durham investigation, I'll put it simply. For years, 
there were lies from Democrats and the media about Trump colluding with Russia. None of it was true. And now it looks like people are actually the people who perpetrated the hoax for years are starting to get charged. (laughs) And so we have this story from the Washington Post. Indictment of Steele dossier source is more bad news for multiple media outlets. Let me just break this down very simply for those that may not understand the in the week stuff. The media lied. They're caught. Political operatives lied. They're caught. Politicians lied and got caught. And Cash, you have a lot of information about oh, this. Man, yeah. So look, the Steele dossier, and I don't think I've ever actually told anyone this, but when I was running the Russiagate investigation for Chairman Nunes, initially the media wanted to call it the the Trump dossier. And I said, no, 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 no. We're going to call it the Steele dossier. So because I said, this thing is fraudulent. So if you're going to tie it to someone, tie it to the mm. author. And we changed the narrative real quick in the early days, and it stuck. Wow. Uh, and uh, I actually smart. have never told that to anybody. Um, and so, look, I can go on and on about the Russiagate hoax. I spent two years of my life living it and then getting validated by the IG and now this. Basically, if you want to know what happened, watch the plot against the president. We're in it. It's super easy to watch and understand if you want to get up to speed on Russiagate. The Steele dossier is the heart of Russiagate. What happens? The Democrats and the Hillary Clinton campaign go out and pay a foreign national, Christopher Steele, a retired British spy, to go and get dirt from Russia against then-candidate Trump. The problem is Christopher Steele hadn't set foot in Russia in 20 years. Fact. Then we're like, wait, wait a second. Who paid for all this? Oh, Hillary Clinton. They paid the law firm, who was also previously indicted just before this one, Perkins Coie, $10 million. So now you have the political campaign – a political operative, as you said, and the lawyers now teaming up together with fraudulent information. What do they do with that? They don't just dump it in the media. That would have been one thing to go after your opponent and just dirty him up in usual political tricks. They take the FBI and the DOJ and they hijack the surveillance process. And they basically say, here's this information from this guy. We're not going to present the court, the judge, with all of it. We're going to give you pieces of it. We're going to keep exculpatory information of innocence out. We're going to prevent the court from hearing who paid for it and that it went to Hillary Clinton and her lawyers. And then we're going to go surveil a presidential candidate because that's what we want to do. They they ultimately they they didn't impeach him on Russiagate, but no, they Ukraine Ukraine Gate was yeah. and that was insane too. But for the Russia stuff, so this this article we have from the Washington Post is from Eric Wemple. He's a media critic and he's been doing a really good job going after the media for their malpractice, mm-hmm. for their malfeasance. It's we, shocking that he is. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. This is the Washington Post. This is <laughs> this is democracy dies in darkness. But uh, he recently did a story about Joe Rogan and Ivermectin. And he was like, CNN's acting like an advocacy, like activist organization by lying about this stuff. So I'm not, I don't want to rehash, or I don't, I don't want to bring all that stuff up just yet. We're talking about, you know, Russiagate and stuff. But he opens right away by saying, MSNBC host Rachel Maddow in December 2017 aired a special report on the Trump-Russia dossier compiled by former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele. The document, claimed Maddow, relied on information coming from Steele's deep cover sources inside Russia. A federal indictment unsealed Thursday has something to say about the quality of those sources. It charges Igor Danchenko the dossier's primary intelligence collector, with making false statements to the FBI about his interactions with sources consulted for the dossier. When Trump first got elected, there was a guy who tweeted, we're going to impeach him. I can't remember remember his name. Do you remember his name? Oh, man. It was was one of the lawyers. (laughs) No, no, it was one of the lawyers on Ukraine Gate. Oh, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Uh, we're not allowed to say the name of the whistleblower in that case, just so you know. 
that YouTube will delete the video. I won't say it. Isn't that insane? <laughs> that's that's but, censoring. But but let's 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 you know we'll get to the heart of of what this is. Russia Gate was was four, how many years of lying? Five years of lying. Five. We're on five. And 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 here's the thing. And you're right. The reason this article is so important is. Who's Christopher Steele? Who cares about this guy? He got paid all this money. He was just doing dirty tricks for a political party. Okay, fine. One thing. Where did he get all this information from? This guy. They are now saying, the Washington Post is now admitting, based on Durham's indictment, the special counsel's indictment, that the mountain of information that the source Steele got from his primary guy in Russia was total BS. Totally fraudulent. So their entire investigation, they, the FBI's entire investigation, just got gutted. And if I can juxtapose those two things, right? This Washington Post article, and we all know who David Ignatius is. He wrote a hit piece on me three months ago on the cover of the Washington Post. He wrote a hit piece on me because he knew the Russiagate conspiracy was unraveling. We had proven it to be defective. So what does he do? Headline, chief investigator for Russiagate is possibly leaking classified information to the media. So now I get a wave of media hits coming at me the next day, not just in America, but overseas saying Cash Patel leaks classified information. This is what they do. So it's shocking to me that the Washington Post would let this ride, but I'm happy that they did. You would think there would be some repercussions for lying through their teeth (laughs) and and just admitting so many important facts. I remember looking at this story from the very beginning being like, uh, okay, intelligence agents sources say, government sources say. I'm like, where's the evidence? Where's the documents? Where's any photos? Where's Mm -hmm. any document? Where's anything that proves that this is legitimate? I was like, there's nothing here. I call bunk. I don't believe this. The intelligence agencies have lied before and they, they kept saying, well, there's 17 intelligence agencies. There's 17 of them. I'm like, I don't believe any of this. And I got called a crazy conspiracy theorist. I got listed by the Washington Post as a Russian asset as working for the Russians. By the way, I'm Polish. For, for <laughs> Polish people, they get very offended when they get compared to Russians. But the Washington Post literally listed my news organization, We Are Change, as a Russian asset organization because I wasn't buying the official story. And not only did they lie through their teeth about everything, they attacked anyone who even dared question it. They wreck lives. It's a cult. Mm. Okay, so I see the memes all day where they're like, Trump's cult and Trump's cult. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but is Trump's cult at the Washington Post writing fake news for five years? Yeah. Trying to get people impeached and ruining people's lives? I'm sorry, man. You get a bunch of people showing up at the grassy knoll or whatever thinking JFK Jr. is coming back. It has no impact on our federal level politics. It, it, it was a couple hundred people. I don't know why I should care about that. When the media, when, when ABC, when, when CNN, when Washington Post and the New York Times, when they're winning Pulitzer Prizes for making up fake news. Are they going to get that retracted? Are they going to get that prize rejected, rescinded, whatever? Probably not. You know what scares me the most about this story is how absolutely devastating it is, how it contributed to the political divide as mm-hmm. it worsens today, and how it's very difficult to understand. Let me let me follow up with two things. One, in 2017, now everybody's like, cash, Trump's right-hand man, whatever. Do you know when I – I had not met President Trump, spoken to him, campaigned for him. I was a career government guy. So the two years I ran Russiagate, I didn't have never spoken to the man nor communicated with him. I just ran an investigation. Now, now in retrospect, they're saying Cash Patel was President Trump's best, you know, best friend running the Russiagate investigation. It's pretty hard to do when you've never met the man. Now, the other thing that you brought up that I'd like to highlight is the lives that were wrecked. <clears throat> and I'll leave the names out of it. We interviewed 60, a lot of witnesses. One individual, a father, right? Had a, he had to, he had to utilize his entire life savings just for lawyers because he got called into the committee by Adam Schiff to testify about nothing meaningful. 
his daughter relapsed, uh, a recovering drug addict relapsed because of the coverage her father received in the media and went into a downward spiral and almost died. He then had to take a second mortgage on his house to pay for his daughter's rehab. Jeez, man. That's reality. You know, I think Adam Schiff is an evil guy. Mm. He's, I mean, don't get me started on that guy. He's, He's evil. Can I ask, what was happening in the intelligence agencies? Because we kept hearing 17 of them all agree. They're all on board. that They know there was Russian collusion 100%. And that's the headline that was running in the mainstream media. Everyone was still looking for evidence. But they were running with it like, like it was just the truth from God. Uh, what was happening? Because there was no pushback at all that I've seen from any of these intelligence agencies to be like, hey, hey, uh, actually, we don't have nothing here. Yeah. So it didn't come till halfway through Trump's term when we shifted around leadership in the intelligence community. But in the beginning, the first two years, you basically had a willing media like you're talking about and Adam Schiff and people like that were leaking classified information to say, well, we can't get into the details, but Trump colluded. Trump had a pee party. The envelope. Trump did this. The envelope. Yeah. Reading the Steele dossier into congressional testimony as if it was the Bible. You know, just things like that. And you get your headlines and the media gets their headlines and they all wanted to take didn't, out Donald Trump. So that, that what, was Didn't it. they claim that he like peed on a bed in a yeah. hotel or something? Yeah. You want to know something hilarious about that? So I said, <laughs> you know, so I was talking to Devin. I said, look, we got to do two things. As a pre- I was a former prosecutor. Follow the money. Somebody paid for this thing. Let's go get bank records which is how I was able to prove Fusion GPS and the Clintons paid for all this, right? Wow. And they wanted to crucify me when I took them to federal court. But the other thing is I said, look, this guy, this is pretty crazy. Trump's having sex parties in Russia? <laughs> like, I don't know that you can get away with it without a lot of people finding out. So let's call the hotel. I called the hotel. Mm. The hotel does not have that presidential suite that this infamous Christopher Steele, this career wow. spy slotted into his steel dossier. I said, if the, if the hotel room doesn't even exist, do you think the rest of this dossier has credibility? This guy can't even get the hotel room, right? Hmm. We were right. It's well, crazy. Yeah, there, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And then this is, this should tell you the, the uh, huge amounts of lies that the government, along with some intelligence agencies, some people within it, along with the mainstream media could all in unison work together to fool Everyone, because everyone was buying. They didn't it. fool you. Well, well, yeah, but then they ostracized <laughs> and attacked anyone who, well, who wasn't happened. who wasn't buying the official story. And then this was one of the reasons why Wikipedia censored me and depersoned me on their platform. It was because of that Washington Post article that said I was a Russian asset, which I wasn't. I mean, there was no evidence suggesting this at all, and it was just smear mongering by smear merchants who get off at ruining people's lives. Uh, but but for a journalist who was around at that time all you have to do is ask some questions being like okay let's let's actually find out what really happened here and 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 let's barely any people did that let's let's talk about uh uh we'll, we'll advance from here talk about ukraine gate <laughs> so this is where they actually uh, impeached donald trump yeah. with the lies about ukraine and the crazy thing was i was tracking the news i was looking at european news sources i was looking at the history of the founder of burisma this is the company where hunter biden the president's son was a board member and my conclusion on this was like, okay, first I'm, I, I entertained Russiagate, you know, like I'm just like reading the news. I'm like, wow, this is crazy stuff. I actually met with one of the most high profile Russiagate journalists and asked them like to the, to the, to their face, looked in their eyes. Do you think Trump actually did this? And they were like, without a doubt he did. And I was like, wow. And I'm like, I'm at a bar with one of these like, you know, mainstream media journalists telling me like, bro, we have the proof. I've seen it. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. And it's all fake. 
So then Ukraine, Ukraine gate comes along and this is where, you know, Trump apparently sees a video on Twitter of Joe Biden being like, if you want the aid, you got to fire the prosecutor. So Trump just is like, I wonder what that's about. I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to rehash Ukraine gate, but to mm-hmm. point out, you end up with these journalists like Matt Taibbi. Yeah, great guy. Formerly of Rolling Stone, great a journalist. real journalist, mm-hmm. and he's a liberal guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden now he's an alt-right grifter. And same with Aaron Maté. You know? Right. Aaron yeah. Maté. He's a progressive. Yeah. He, I've done both those guys. I've interviewed both, both those guys, done podcasts with both those guys. We could not be more politically opposed to each other. But there used to be a time when you could be a real journalist, as you're talking about. And if there's corruption or illegality, you would call it out if it was right or left. Those seem to be the only guys on the left that want to do it anymore. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this is the crazy thing, right? Jimmy Dore. Are you familiar with Jimmy Dore? No. Jimmy Dore is, I, I think, I'm not trying to be unfair, but I think he's a socialist. I think so. Yeah. Jimmy? He's like yeah. a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's far left, but he's honest. And he he, he calls out the establishment. He calls out all this stuff. He gets called alt-right. It's the craziest <laughs> thing when you're like the Democratic establishment is corrupt and they're doing all these awful things. The weirdest thing to me is when I get, you know, people who don't understand what's going on. This is one of the challenges we face. They, it's really hard to understand Russiagate. It so is. many people, Fiona Hill, who is she? What is her involvement? Mm-hmm. And now you're, Igor, who? Donchenko? Yeah. Like, who are these people? What does right. this mean? Ukraine gate, really complicated. But when you follow journalists like Matt Taibbi, mm-hmm. who's a liberal, they have no choice but to say he's right wing because here's a guy who's always been kind of a lefty dude, a liberal, challenging their narrative. Mm-hmm. But regular people believe it. And it's crazy. It's crazy. And that's what I'm talking about with the course correction. I think you're talking mm-hmm. about that the media needs to undertake. And people are like, is that ever going to happen? And I think that's a multi-year lift. You know, guys like Tahibi and Mate right now are helping try to correct the record. Um, and they're getting a bigger audience and as are you through your show. But, you know, you're right. Russiagate's super complicated. But the only thing you need to know about what is Russiagate, literally the media helped perpetrate the biggest fraud in presidential mm. history because a political campaign paid them and their cronies to do it. And this this, got jam, this jammed uh, – you were in the Trump administration from the beginning, right? Uh, halfway through. Halfway through. Yeah. This jammed up the first, what, two years of the Trump administration? Oh, yeah. I mean, you were the, you know, you guys are all lived it. I was living it differently on Capitol Hill, getting called a genocidal dictator, literally in the media. Um, because I was the guy exposing the truth, like facts. I was putting facts out through the right process and not leaking classified information. And so, you know, that, that is just, they spent the first two years basically fending, they, the Trump administration, fending off. They're saying, I, I think I'm not in bed with Putin. Looking at, Ukraine gate. This is where Trump got uh, impeached the first time. Second time was just ridiculous because yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't even you know in the office anymore. But Ukraine gate was absolutely insane. 
you, I took, uh, uh, you know, a few minutes to go over the initial reports and I was like, wow, this is a crazy story. You had, uh, long story short, for those that aren't familiar, this is where they impeached Trump the first time. They claimed he was trying, he was abusing his power to dig up dirt on Joe Biden because Joe Biden was, was his rival, even though Joe Biden hadn't announced he was running for office and right, wasn't right. officially running for office. And when you actually look at the evidence, Matt Taibbi, who we've mentioned several times, an amazing journalist, found there was a criminal investigation from Victor Shokin, the prosecutor, into Michael Ozlachevsky, the f- founder of this energy company where Joe Biden's son was on the board. The media lied over and over again, mm-hmm. saying there was no investigation. It's not true. Ignore this. Trump is abusing his power. It was really crazy for me because, like, when, when Russiagate was happening, I was like, wow, the New York Times, you know, they yeah. said this. Incredible. Then Ukraine Gate comes along and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. The evidence actually proves they're lying. And they released the call transcript between Trump and the Ukraine premier where that literally showed there was no quid pro quo. And if you take that and put it next to Joe Biden's quid pro quo for his son getting advisory contract in Ukraine Yo. and saying, I'm going to fi- fire the prosecutor or you're not getting your seven million in eight. I mean, like there was a billion. It was, was it a billion dollars? Was it a billion? Yeah, whatever billion. it was. What? But like. That's quid pro quo. Joe Biden should be impeached. <clears throat> if the Republicans win back the House, the first thing they should do is impeach Joe Biden. And, and it's not just the Ukraine stuff. It no, is not. flying his son on Air Force Two to China for private equity deals. Which, it is. Yep. How it, much did he make? I forget, like two million, three million. I can't remember. I don't know if they actually did the deal, but there was one report. I could be getting the details wrong. So fact check me on this one, guys. It's been a while since I reported on this, but they received a, a forgivable loan of like five oh, okay. million dollars or something. Okay. So it was like they had a meeting and said, we're not going to do business, mm-hmm. but Here's a forgivable loan. I want for a forgivable you. loan. Can yeah, I'd love to get a $5 million forgivable <laughs> right. loan. It was something like that. But you also have now the photos emerging of Joe Biden with Hunter Biden's business associates when he said, I never talked to them. Mm. And you have new, new revelations from the Hunter Biden laptop showing that Joe Biden and Hunter shared a bank account. Yeah. This is so far beyond. And I think it's really obvious. The Trump supporters called it out. When this was going down, they said, the left is projecting what they did onto Trump as yep. a defense to stop the investigation of themselves. No, and this is the biggest bottom line takeaway from all of this. The, for five years, everybody said Trump was colluding with Russia to corrupt an election and the U.S. government. What we have now shown, not we, Durham and our investigations have shown, is that the only people that colluded with Russians were the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democratic Party, and certain FBI individuals, including James Comey, Andy McCabe, and the likes of those people that should be indicted. I mean, that's how crazy we this scenario is, and that's why people were like, we can't believe what you're saying. And this is what people want. This is what everybody – when I go around the country, they're like, look, I don't need to understand Russiagate. I don't need to understand Ukraine Gate. What I need to understand is where's the accountability? Why is there a different set of rules for them, and why is there another set of rules for me if I screw up? I think we're in trouble because – they, they're getting away with it. I don't mm-hmm. know where we'll go with the Durham investigation. Maybe they'll I think actually, we're in a good place. You think they'll actually end up going after you know these 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 key players in this? I, I feel like they'll throw some people under the bus and let the the big dogs get away with well, it. Well, look, don't get me wrong. I don't think Hillary Clinton's getting indicted or James Comey's getting indicted, but I do think Andy McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, and Fusion mm-hmm. GPS, and all these people are in the crosshairs. And I don't think that they they're now starting it. Durham already started it. He used 20 and 30 and 40 page indictments that are normally two to three pages long. Why did he do that? Because it's the only way he can legally speak to the American public in an indictment to say, this is what I'm doing. And he laid out 10 people per indictment, like a mob style conspiracy. He supported it with bank documents saying, I've got the documents. I didn't say, I don't have something that says I have a phone call that John paid Joe 10 bucks. I've got a million dollar bank wire. Mm -hmm. That's how he's built this case and the one that we just talked about. 
out. So I think he's going to flip up. I was talking to someone recently who told me that they they viewed themselves as a Democrat if they had to choose. And then later in the conversation said they were quitting their job because they didn't want to get vaccine boosters mm-hmm. like every other month or whatever. And it was like endless. And I was like, but the Democratic Party are the ones who are enforcing those and pushing those. And it's mm-hmm. the Republicans, for the most part, who are rejecting them. I'm not saying that's that's a good reason just to vote Republican. But like if you're telling if, if you're talking to me and the most pressing issue to you is you don't like the vaccine mandates to the point where you'll quit your job. Why would you then vote for these people? And the reason I bring this up in this context is if you've if you've been paying attention, you know, the vaccine mandates aren't stopping. Right. Mm -hmm. So the NBA just mandated booster shots. There's a mandate now. If you're in the NBA, referees, players, coaches, everyone's got to get the the latest booster Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to get a booster again. At, At what point do people wake up and say, wow, hey, I've been lied to the entire time. When it comes to the vaccine mandate stuff, it's become so painfully obvious. No matter how many times, mm-hmm. 15 days to slow the spread becomes mm-hmm. 20 months, becomes now you got to get boosters, now you got to wear the mask and get the boosters. <laughs> but when it comes to the Russia stuff, the problem is it's hard to see through. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Democrats with Adam Schiff lying over and over again, uh, was it was it was it Clapper as well? He was he was yeah. lying on TV mm-hmm. about this stuff. CNN. They all lied about this over and over and over again. It's really hard for me to explain to someone. I'll go to someone who's like, I'm a Democrat, and I'll say, let me explain to you Russiagate, and they'll go, I'm never going to follow that. Yeah. So how do we get people to finally realize, look, the Republicans are pretty bad, right? I think the Republican Party is not doing, you know, I'll put it this way. I think 20% of the Republican Party is doing all right, yeah. and the majority in the leadership is like, where are they? Mm-hmm. And sitting around, with, sitting on their hands while the Democrats go nuts with Adam Schiff, with Clapper, with Biden, with with unconstitutional edicts with lying to the public, lying to the, to the press, the press helping them. Yeah, look, I've the, the the funny thing is I've literally never been a political guy. I've been a national security career guy for 16 years in government. And then all of a sudden I became a political hack and I don't even know how to run a campaign. How do you fix this? How do you how do you take what you just said and and relate it to the American people? I think you need to do two things. One, Devin Nunes told me a long time ago. He's like, "When you said the truth a thousand times, and you're getting tired of saying it, that means you've just begun saying it. Mm. So we've been saying it for five years. We haven't stopped. He and I have not stopped. And the, and our and our close allies have not stopped, right? Because we knew it was the truth. And you have to show the American public the truth, not just tell them, which is why we declassified all those documents and wrote the memos that are now finally coming out. The other thing you knew, you need to correct the media. And that's literally a multi-year lift. But here's here's what happened, right? And I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example. Devin and I got so harassed in the media we got defamed so what did we start doing we started suing i'm suing politico cena and new york times for 150 million dollars for defamation those lawsuits are live glad to hear it and i will put in a shameless plug for fightwithcash.com basically when we were going around the country everybody said i want to sue i've been defamed i've been deplatformed how do we do it i don't have the money so i said all right i'll start it i'll raise the money and i'll go pay for your lawyers so check it out that's what we're doing awesome and the only the only way the media understands anything is if you hit them with a seven figure you know, mm-hmm. bullet to their bottom line. Then they start paying attention. It's challenging though. You need, you need, uh, damages. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's hard to prove damages. They can lie about you, destroy your reputation. The crazy thing is the New York Times can lie about you. It can have a serious impact on your career to the point where you lose jobs, but proving mm-hmm. your career is negatively impacted by them. Don't, I, I'm good because I got it covered in space. <laughs> but, you know, my lawyer won't want me to talk about it right now. But I, what I'm trying to encourage people to do is it's difficult. You're totally right. But it's not impossible and it's worth doing. And if you want to help us out, then go to Fight With Cash and, and send us 
your case. We'll review it for free. And if we think it's a case, we'll get you the money for your lawyers wherever in the country you are, and we'll file it for you. That's the whole way. You've got you to gotta go after these guys. We, we talked about this with James O'Keefe a little while yeah. ago that we were calling it the People's Defamation Defense Fund. And uh, he launched Project Veritas Legal mm-hmm. to review people's claims and then take on whatever cases they can. The challenging thing is, I think he was mentioning that they get like inundated with all these people claiming they were defamed, but mm-hmm. only a few of them are like, sure. There are very few that are fund. actionable. Absolutely. Right. You know, and, and James does great work. Project Veritas. We were out in Devon's district together on the Nunes Freedom Tour earlier this year. We had a great time. He's doing a lot of good work on trying people who are fired improperly. You know, that's not something I deal with, but that's something about you actually lost your source of income because of some political overreach or some defamatory conduct. And I think he's doing some great work there. And of course, you saw what happens when you're over the target. You get the FBI to raid your office. Yeah, we have this somewhere. I'm trying to find the article. Well, we also saw what happened to the Covington case. Oh, uh, perfect that example. A, that was a huge case yeah. with a huge settlement that we still don't even know the full ramifications of. But I bet there was a bunch of people at CNN being like, hey, uh, we can't be that bad. And I think they just continued to be even worse, in Let, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's talk about how serious things are getting. This is interesting. We have a story from Fox News. Jonathan Turley says FBI's involvement in alleged theft of Ashley Biden's diary raises legitimate concern. The FBI raided the home of Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe over a stolen diary belonging to President Biden's daughter. The New York Post uh, editorial board, I think, said this is beginning to look like a a political prosecution of an opposition journalist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for those that don't know the story, Project Veritas apparently at some point came into contact with Ashley Biden is Joe Biden's daughter, I believe, correct? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Which I didn't even know he had a daughter until like a week ago. Right. Yeah. So uh, some, some some Veritas journalists came into possession, I believe they did, of the diary, and they said we couldn't corroborate, so we tried turning it over. The FBI raided James O'Keefe's house, I believe it was his house, as well as several of his- uh, To of, get the uh, diary, was it? Of reporters. I don't know why. Like what? What their claim is? They had a search warrant. Mm. Did they? Did he? Did they get the diary? I'm, I'm asking because I wasn't uh, tracking this. I don't know for sure what their grounds for searching for it may have been. It was it was part of a federal investigation into the stolen diary of Ashley Biden. The New York Times reported the raid took place early Sunday, Saturday morning, just days after the homes of two Project Veritas associates were also the subject of search warrants. Quote, why would the FBI be coming in on this? Turley asked on America Reports. Project Veritas said it didn't run the information and notified local enforcement. So there is a legitimate concern when the FBI becomes involved in this type of story as to whether it is going outside of those navigational beacons that we use to judge whether they are acting independently. So I don't know if they were looking for the diary. Perhaps they were. A lot of people are saying this proves the diary is now true. It's it's legitimately the diary, in which case there's a lot of really messed up stuff in there. So I was just going to say, can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yeah. They might, maybe, I doubt it, but maybe if the FBI was doing righteous investigations in this mm-hmm. case, needed information that's only found in the diary that can corroborate some pretty nasty stuff there. They're, because we know there's an open investigation against Hunter Biden. It's still open in Delaware. It hasn't I mean, closed. I'm, I'm pretty, just playing devil's advocate. No, I'm for sure. Saying, I'm pretty sure it's against Joe Biden. <clears throat> like, it's Ashley oh. talking about her dad and, like, oh. messed up stuff. Yeah, a little, little messed up. Yeah, messed up stuff. Wow. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to believe the FBI heard about the diary and said, we need to get this because it proves Joe Biden did something wrong. But it actually just sounds like the FBI is like, quick, protect the president, go after journalists. And that's that's exactly what it looks like, unfortunately. So so this is crazy. Look, isn't the FBI going after the Russiagate hoaxers? 
Well, John Durham is. I wouldn't say the FBI is. I definitely wouldn't say Chris Ray and this FBI are doing anything to help correct the wrongs that were implemented under James Comey. But I would say John Durham is by indicting these people and making this information public, which is very different. Um, so it's special. It's special counsel. So scary. It's like 15 investigators that are huddled. They're cordoned off from the rest of the FBI. They don't report to anyone but John Durham. John Durham reports to no one but the attorney general. Um, it's a pretty close knit circle and, um, it's so gonna keep going. We can combine a, a few of the segments we did earlier today. We have the FBI going after Project Veritas. Mm-hmm. We have the FBI having evidence in, in the Kenosha incident mm-hmm. and not releasing it. Apparently mm-hmm. they lost it. This aerial footage. They lost it? Yeah, they apparently, and then they recovered it recently. <laughs> then we've got, apparently there's reports about, uh, when it comes to January 6th, the FBI, I, I, I could be, fact check me on this one, guys. They, they provided information to HBO, but not to the defense or the defendants. So the FBI had information relating to it that wasn't released. It really sounds like the FBI as a whole is like rogue, operating totally politically and targeting anyone who opposes the establishment party, the Democrats for the most part, and yeah. the neocon allies. And that's, and that's, that's a hard argument to rebut. And, and I'll only <laughs> say this, that a lot of the guys I work with are still there. They're not running it. Every case you mentioned is one of the highest profile cases the FBI is handling right now. So it goes to the director's doorstep, right? Nothing happens in any of those cases without the director of the FBI knowing. And I do still think that at the top of the FBI, there are people that don't want the American public to see what actually happened. They don't want them to see evidence of innocence, like in the Rittenhouse case, or they're talking about the Jan 6 incidences. There's... There's what, um, like 10,000 hours of footage they haven't turned over to Jan 6 defendants? Is, are these people just poli- like they're in the cult? They, they, they're true believers of the, the, the propaganda or are they the puppet, puppet masters pushing the lies? Here's what I say. I say this about Millie and DOD and we can talk about all that and all, but 99% of the people who set, sign up to serve sign up to serve the mission. The very few at the top that have been corrupted, like the James Comey's and the Chris Ray's and the Rod Rosensteins and the like, they think the mission exists to serve that. And that's how I put it to people. And that's the only way I've been to successfully explain it. To think that the FBI is doing the right thing here to go after wrongdoing inside the Biden administration is very optimistic. No, I know. That's why I said I was playing devil's advocate. Uh, they, they, they did hold on to that Hunter Biden laptop for a while. Mm. Yeah. And there's so many incidences of the FBI looking the other way. Uh, I mean, there was there's documents stolen from Trump and the FBI never intervened, but they're intervening on this particular case that could make the president look bad. Really shows you that, uh, you know, the agency is definitely becoming more and more political because when you when you read the headlines, I, I remember when I read the headline, it, it's that's a chilling effect. It's it's meant to scare you. It's meant to uh, put fear in people and, and actual journalists who are going out there, putting their necks on the line, saying that, hey, I'm going to have the FBI break down my door if I try to break a story, uh, a legitimate story. I think the case of Julian Assange also tells that story very uh, perfectly. A man that released documents, tried to do what the, the mainstream media used to do and uh, is still in jail for it. I mean, that's a crazy story that uh, I believe uh, has a long time coming from for, for some actual justice that hasn't been there. Yeah, Julian Assange a whole nother. <laughs> Did you yeah. have anything to do with Julian Assange? Not personally, no. Um, I didn't work on those on those cases. I probably saw the documents, but I didn't work on them. It's, it's a good example of where a lot of us, a lot of people who are not, you know, Republicans, not traditional mm-hmm. conservatives, thought Trump missed a huge opportunity. There was Ross Ulbricht, 
Mm-hmm. There was also Julian Assange, people he could have pardoned. And instead, he's like, he, who did he pardon? Like the, the former mayor of Detroit who was like crooked or something? Yeah. Some rapper? Didn't he? Yeah. Some rapper. <laughs> like, like, yeah. People at the, you know, at the end of the administration, and I stayed through the whole, through the end. And people, and I had not, I was the chief of staff at DOD, running DOD at the end, trying to figure out Afghanistan and everything else. People would be calling me. They'd be like, hey, can you get me a, pre-? you know, I know so-and-so. Can I get a presidential pardon? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm in the, you know, the military. Like, I'm not. And also, pardons, you know, they have some use, but it's a really dirty business. Every administration yeah. always part Clinton, Obama. They're pardoning terrorists. Mm-hmm. They're pardoning cronies. Why? Andrew Cuomo. He pardoned a whole bunch of really nasty people Same as well right governors. before he went yep. out of office. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's they what owe favors, I guess. Huh? Somebody gave him a kickback or they what? They just pol- continue to politicize the, the apparatus that's supposed to serve the people. It's money, man. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You know, it, you, look, you're on your way out of an executive office and someone's like, hey – in three years, I can get, write you a check for a hundred grand. You're like pardoned, boom. Or remember when I wrote you that check for fifty million back then? Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I funded your super PAC to the oh. tune of fifty million dollars. Ah, who do you want to pardon? Who? <laughs> Let's fill it out to this person. That's why I wanted nothing to do with that business. Mm-hmm. This is crazy about Project Veritas, though. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't. I want to be careful how I say this, but James O'Keefe is very brave mm. because he's got the most powerful mm-hmm. people in the world mad at him. Yeah. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird, though? I mean, you're in the Trump administration. You were in a powerful position, and you were still being, like, assailed, essentially. Mm-hmm. Nonstop. Do- when, I, when I went over to DOD, I mean, Adam Schiff hasn't given up, but, and he never will, but that's fine. Um, I know every time he attacks me, I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he decided to give me his vendetta subpoena for Jan 6. It's going to cost me a fortune, but I know I'm doing the right thing. That dude is evil. I got nothing to hide. But Well, so, so how do, so I don't, I don't want you to give away too many details on things you can't talk about, yeah. but how does it end up costing you money if they subpoena you? Lawyers. I got to go hire lawyers, mm-hmm. a team of lawyers to go in there and walk me through the entire process of like, reviewing documents, preparing for testimony, flying them in, then having them there. Got to get clearances turned back on. You have a security clearance. Oh, wow. All these logistics, you know, you, you start turning the till. Lawyers Why don't they? $5, $700 an hour. So what, what would happen if you didn't get any lawyers? Well, I mean, that would be dumb because then I'd be going over there unprepared, not ready to testify into – not a courtroom, but a venue full of Adam Schiff and his cronies. And mm. that would just go poorly. And that's what they do. They they hit you with these. So they take you off mission. Like for me, fight with cash and everything else I'm trying to do. Um, and then they're like, well, it's going to cost them a fortune. So here you go. And here's the kicker, right? No one called me and said, hey, cash, do you want to come and testify? Will you testify? Have you written a letter? Ask me to do it. I've got nothing to hide. I'll always tell the truth about Jan 6. But they didn't do it on purpose. So I don't know if you can comment on this, but is this why Steve Bannon is like saying "screw off"? Uh, I think I, I, Steve's, he, Steve's got a little different different uh, uh, approach to this, um, and I think he's doing it because he just doesn't care, um, and he doesn't respect the authority of the committee. Now, whether or not I have respect for any of the members on the committee, putting that aside, I still have respect for the institution mm-hmm. of Congress where I used to work, and I would like to actually honor that. But these people are—they don't. The definition of evil. Yeah. And when you're, if you're somebody who actually reads the news and you're an honest person, regardless of your politics, you can recognize Adam Schiff is an evil, evil man. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't, I don't like saying, you know, evil because I don't like using that word lightly, 
But I mean, this, the, genuinely, when, when, you know, what did he do? You, you mentioned earlier he held up an envelope claiming yeah, in envelope. the envelope as evidence of Russiagate, making it up. Yep, we learned in these private uh, hearings, he was like, we've heard all the evidence. And then the transcripts come out. And it's like never happened. He, he's just straight up lying to people. Oh, and phone, they, and they believe records. the phone record. He released yes. pr- phone records of a, an American journalist and you and me. Incredible. This is, look, it was John Solomon. He's an American, John Solomon, oh, right? Yeah. American journalist. Yeah, Adam John, Schiff released John, his private information. Yep. Mine too. And yours. Can I tell you what happened after stuff like that, the Jan 6 subpoena and everything like that? I got death threats. I got multiple death threats. I got called the nastiest things I've ever been called in my life. And they asked to cut my head off repeatedly. Not asked. They said, I, we're going to come take out your head off. Now, I don't care. I can take it. But my family's got to read that, right? It's in, you know, it gets out. It's in the media. But these people on Capitol Hill, they don't care. They don't care. And these people being led by the number one problem in Congress, which is Adam Schiff. This is it's 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 a crazy world when you know what's really going on. When you look at uh, the lawyer, I can't remember his name, who tweeted out as soon as Trump got elected, we're going to impeach him. Then he ends up being one of the impeachment lawyers. (laughs) Like they're clearly colluding and planning this from day one because they are psychopathic authoritarians who don't care about how democratic constitutional republics are supposed to work. Well, they do if it works for them, Mm. but not not if not if they lose. Cash, can I can I get you kind of can I get your understanding on this? What do you think is happening here? What do you think is motivating these people? Do you think it's just a lust of power, or do you think there's something bigger, deeper? Do you think there's like a you know a deep state that organizing and facilitating this how do you quantify everything from your kind of perspective on the inside so here's the thing right politicians some of them uh, maybe half of them love being on tv love having their name up on the screens and being the talk of the town and going to fundraisers and the way you do that is you sensationalize whatever work is before you and you take credit for it main example adam schiff um It's partly that, and it's partly what am I going to do next? They're always working for their next job, right? And Adam Schiff's hilarious. He wanted to be the state, the senator that replaced Kamala Harris. That didn't happen. He wanted to be the state attorney general in California. That didn't happen. So now this guy's quickly being the Russiagate lead who is being run out of DC without a job. And oh, by the way, this guy's a congressman from Hollywood. He hasn't lived in Hollywood in a decade. He has a house in Maryland with his family. Maryland. Yep. Because he works in DC. So. Yep. He can break the law. So when we look at what the FBI has been doing, right? So withholding evidence, targeting journalists. I don't know if you had any insight in that stuff, but, you know, Luke brought this up. A lot of people like to mention the deep state or the administrative state or the bureaucratic state. How would you how would you describe it? I, I think it's fair to say that there is something there. Yeah, sure. I mean, they were working in collusion, oh. all of them. Yeah, like in, in line, they were they were pushing the same agenda, the same talking points, the same narrative. It was it was but, it was, but, it was like it was but, perfectly. But organized. tell us about it from yeah. You know, yeah no, sorry, I didn't, I didn't bring it all together. So it's the politicians, it's the media, and it's this quantity of the deep state. And I don't want to I don't want to give it too much meaning. There is a deep state that's working for with these politicians, these rogue politicians, right? Remember the whole whistleblower uh for the Russiagate hoax that led to Trump's uh, impeachment on Ukraine. That was perpetrated by of course none other than Adam Schiff and company and he used the media to say check out this whistleblower. He's got the keys to the kingdom. We're going to prove Trump needs to be impeached. That whistleblower ended up being someone in government. Uh, right. In the intelligence community, right? 
and they combine the forces of the political realm, the media realm, and one or two and big tech. Up, and because big tech. if we say his name, this video, this stream will get pulled. Not going to say his name, but I'm going to talk. No, no, about but that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's how serious it is. When they're like, "There's no deep state, whatever." I don't care what you call it. Mm-hmm. When there's a guy who colludes to get a sitting president impeached, and I can't say his name without YouTube taking the video down, maybe you need to put two and two together and think, "Wow, there are dirty, corrupt individuals working at big tech, media, and in politics." And here's here's a name we can say: Kevin Kleinsmith. For those that don't know it, right? You want? I know we keep going back to RussiaGate. Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI attorney. Speaking of deep state, took a document during the Trump RussiaGate investigation that was presented to Fisk. And changed it. He literally changed it. The target of the search warrant was Carter Page. And he literally, the, 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 the information was Carter Page was assisting other government agencies in the United States of America. You know what he did? He took, he literally doctored the document to say was not. Yes. Yeah. This guy lied, got caught by John Durham, is a convicted felon now. And this is why people think there is a deep state because clowns like that can think I'm going to get away with this because I got the political top cover from the likes of Adam Schiff. The media is going to love me and hero me, yep. and somebody's going to give me a big contract, and he goes on to be a convicted felon. But there are way bigger fish. Way bigger, way bigger. And he gets thrown under the bus because who is he? Kevin Klein's Yeah, he's some mediocre FBI attorney. And, and yep. that's what I tell people. I'm like, do you think this guy perpetrated the biggest hoax in American history on his what, own? What about the meeting with, uh, was it Comey, Sally Yates? Uh, um, the 25th thing? Or? Yeah, was, well, Obama was there too, wasn't he? Oh, no, no. That was right before Trump got in. I think that's what right. talking They about. all met together and Comey, uh, you yeah. know, there was, a, there was the letter. He was taking notes. Yeah, and, and and Obama's like, do everything by the book, I think was the message. And Susan Rice was in that meeting and she wrote this classified email that took me two years to declassify. And when it finally came out, it showed that basically they were trying to set up an incoming right. president. She basically like wrote herself an email exonerating yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Right. right. All these people did. <laughs> What do you think about Chuck Schumer's comments when he kind of gave a veil threat to Donald Trump saying that if you mess with the intelligence agencies, they have seven ways to Sunday in order to get back at you? Uh, I mean, that was a big statement. A lot of people were wondering, what, what does he mean by that? He's very connected to, of course, the intelligence committee. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of play and a lot of sway. How was your kind of reaction to that? Uh, I'm offended. Yeah. I mean, as a guy who was in the intelligence community, who used it to target terrorists around the world, who used it to – I was a deputy director of our national intelligence community, right? As a guy who ran and said we should focus on threats that matter, Iran, China, Russia, terrorists, bringing home hostages, things that matter to the president. Um, to say that we're going to then threaten to take these guys off mission to target people who colluded with Russia – is offensive to me and everybody that I worked with. And I, and I know there's a lot of people that are still in government that feel that way because I'm still friends with them. But when you have one of those most powerful politicians in America say that, it only weakens our apparatus. And you know what we're focusing on now? Joe Biden goes to G20 and he's talking about the weather. Yeah. You think uh, there's going to be some kind of national divorce or dissolution of the United States? <laughs> a lot of people... I know, man, and I, I guess maybe I'm a, I'm a just, a, I'm in love with the, uh, the idea of America too much, um, that, uh, that I can see that happening. Being a son of an immigrant, actually, my dad actually fled a genocidal dictator and lived the American dream, and then watched his son go work in the White House. I think maybe that ride has given me too much faith in the system, and I'd still like to think that it'll succeed. I don't like to be too pessimistic or you know blackpilled, as it were, but. Like everything we talk about, the story about these corrupt individuals mm-hmm. pushing these lies for years and getting away with it, for the most part, we'll see yeah. how many of them are going to get in, you know, right. continually get indicted. And then you have just the culture conflict, the, the culture war itself. 
you have the different states. Joe Biden says, you know, he comes out earlier this year, like we're going to need more mandates, clearly not talking to red states where Texas and Florida were doing the exact opposite. You got the report out of last year from the Boston Globe that John Podesta, what was he, what was he, the head of the Hillary campaign? Yes. In 2016. Mm-hmm. No, said he, enc- uh, they, they reported he encouraged the West Coast to secede from the union in the event <laughs> Donald Trump wins. <laughs> look, man. I know, you're right. Look at, look, say, at, look, at, look yeah. at Virginia. The Republicans swept this off-cycle Amazing. election. Really, really well. State, we had a trucker in New Jersey. This is the best. Spent 153 yeah. bucks and beat the incumbent Democrat who's refusing to concede, saying like, no, no, I'm not going to lose. His trucker is like, oh, wow, I guess I won. Yeah. People were so anti-establishment <clears throat> at this point. They're so anti-Democrat. They're like, I'll vote for literally whoever the Republican is. So come 2022, Republican tsunami. Come 2024, Another Republican presidency. Are these are the Democrat operatives going to be like, oh, all that stuff we said about wanting to secede. We've changed our minds now that we've lost. No, they're not going to do that. They're just going to have the media carry their water again and just like shift topic and say, we never said that. This is what we're focusing on now. (laughs) China, Russia, Trump, you know, the Trump Russia collusion narrative 2.0. And the Steel's kid will probably be uh, pumping in information. and And the Republican Party will sit on their hands and say, okay. Yeah, we do well, nothing. Look, our leadership. Is, I look. I agree with you, man. Our leadership, having worked in Congress, look. I went at it with Paul Ryan at it when I was on the House Intel Committee. I told. I took me four months to k- convince that guy to give me a subpoena so I could prove to the world that Hillary Clinton paid for the dossier. Four months. And when I did, and I went back to him, and I didn't do it exactly. I told you so, but I was like, "How about the other subpoenas so I can get to work on behalf of the American public?" But I think it's because people like Paul Ryan, the establishment Republicans, yeah. No different from the establishment Democrats. It's the uniparty. Totally, totally. And, and I, you know, I view it as Donald Trump was the insurgent candidate who stormed his way in and he, he brought in some good people. He didn't fire enough of the bad people. That's it. Yeah. No, no, that's it. People ask me, how do you, how do you fix it the next go around? The bench. Personnel matters. And I think what President Trump did was he entrusted too much of the careers in government to be like, no, no, this Billy? is. <laughs> John Bolton. Yeah. He was sitting down yeah. with Henry Kissinger yeah. though, before he even got into office. We could talk, like, about, we oh, could talk about Millie. But uh, I think they learned their lesson and I think they know. And the bench exists. The bench exists of people. And when I came into it, I wasn't I wasn't a political guy. And Trump is not this like neoconservative, you know, guy. He's basically like New York in the middle. Yeah. I mean, that, and I grew up with the guy in New York, so I got it. I, I, got, I understood it. Well, he flip-flopped I, I, between like a globalist and a patriot, which he even called himself that. <laughs> uh, but, but to kind of continue the conversation, we talk about the media a lot. How do you view the media? Do you see them as kind of these vultures, these kind of energy <laughs> vampires, these kind of demons? Smear merchants. Or do you Not see the them? Tim Pool show. <laughs> no, we're no, good. No. Or do you see them as agents that are controlled? Because there is some circumstantial evidence suggesting that the intelligence agencies do spin off the mainstream media, do yeah. write certain scripts, do insert stories and narratives that are centrally uh, kind of uh, written and narrated for the mainstream media to follow. So, so how's the how how are the intelligence agencies uh, working with the media? Because there's there's so much circumstantial we, evidence. Of unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, I'll go one step further. It's not circumstantial. It's direct. Look, we see and have seen in the last five years the leak of classified information to substantiate a false media narrative over and over again. That's a felony. Releasing classified. I'll give you a perfect example. Rush, not Russia Gate, Russia Bounty Gate, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. A a year and a half or two years ago, it was said that this information was given out to, I don't know if it was Washington Post or wherever it was, but basically saying President Trump was aware that Putin was taking American money to have American soldiers killed. Yeah. I mean, just hit pause on that for a second. How offensive is that? Mm. When, if you're serving in the U.S. military, 
we, at the time, I think I was Deputy Director of National Intelligence. I knew the intelligence. We didn't go out and leak the actual intelligence just to correct the record because, A, that's a felony and it's illegal. Fast forward a year, what happens under the Biden administration, the intelligence community comes out and says, oh, actually, we got that one wrong. Sorry. Yeah. And, of course, the people that wrote about it didn't uh, didn't change their tune. But that's a direct example of how the media perpetrates a fraud at the behest of their political overlords. Yeah. And then there's there's a lot of lies told by anonymous kind of government yeah. agents. <laughs> and then every time I see, you know, a uh, government spokesperson or representative from the government, I'm like, I doubt that story officially. I mean, we had the Syrian gas attacks that were, again, mm-hmm. put in, in, in a huge question. But I, I have a question. I'm sorry for, for kind of interjecting here, but I'm, I'm so curious. Whatever happened to the to the CIA declassification of the JFK documents that Donald Trump, <laughs> that Donald Trump wanted to release? Said I, I can't control myself. I'm sorry, Tim. I know. <laughs> we were on a specific segment, but I'm like, I need to know what was going on here. Because right. Donald Trump's like, I need to release this. We're releasing it to the people. The people demand to know, and we're going to give the people what they want. We're going to give them the information unredacted from the JFK documents. And then the CIA came in and said, no, 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 not, not so quick there, Trump. And then kind of uh, made Trump stop his his uh, his uh, the larger uh, seeking of the truth with, with the JFK assassination. You're probably not going to like my answer on this. But uh, basically... Uh, I think under the Trump administration, he did put out some more of the JFK documents. What he didn't put out, which I've reviewed, um, I think what, what's out there is what you need to know. Hmm. Are, you, are you saying without revealing any classified information, people would be disappointed? Uh, well, well, it's true because the yeah. government sometimes classifies stuff that doesn't even need to be classified. Uh, so there's there's that as well. It's it's a misdirection. It's about confusing people. Yeah, every time uh, pe- people are always you know the the sexiness of classified information. You know, sixty percent of classified information that I've read or produced in my career, I'm like, why is this classified? Yeah, <laughs> usually a lot of it is what in is the mainstream media. Is, yeah, uh, but uh, I, I still don't think we know the larger truth about JFK <laughs> personally. That's just my own personal perspective and my own personal opinion. But I was dying to know, like, why did Trump back down? Because he did lose that one publicly in the public eye. Because yeah, he was like, I'm going to do this. I guarantee this to the American people. The CIA said, CIA, CIA said, nope. And Donald Trump was like, okay. And and that was the story. Yeah. And that was the story of showing me, like, okay, what's really happening here? There there must be some kind of power structure but it, that Donald Trump can't break. It can break be them. it can be something completely unrelated that you don't realize, like something in a report overlaps with a report related to Cuba. So they're just like, we don't want to get that one out there because people could infer from this. This was in the fifties. Like this, we're talking about decades. Well, ago. Let, there's let, not, let, I, let me, is let there me, any? I mean, other than implicating maybe the Bushes, but uh, but but like <laughs> there, we're talking. What, what implications would there be from, me, from the fifties? Let me just give yeah. you an example of 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 in generally speaking, having run some of these investigations, the FBI almost never closes some of its biggest investigations. Some of them are seventy years old. Yeah, it's an ongoing investigation. The reason you keep it open is because it allows you more wiggle room to work in the future in the now and in the future. And so, you know, like Tim was saying, like 70 years later, like what does A have to do with Z from back then? Nothing. But it's just connected to the same investigation. There could be there, there could be a, there, there could be one person involved in multiple operations and still ongoing? Yes. Right now from the from the, I'm not I'm not maybe. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm not saying you're not true, but I'm saying the possibility of that is very unlikely. You could be right, but you know, who knows? So you're saying that the I'll make I'll make you a deal. If 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 President Trump wins in 2024, we'll make you a special government employee. You'll tell him. <laughs> I would. You'll, re- you'll review the documents and you'll make the call. We'll make I would you the love. Refuse. I would love. Are that. you going to work with Trump in 2024? <laughs> you. Heard. He goes in. I go in. 
<laughs> that is a verbal contract uh, that, is, that is legally bound by the laws of the internet. If Adam Schiff and China are listening, that was a joke. <laughs> was just a joke. So one of, the, one of the funniest things is uh, when we all got sick, the therapy we got, I guess it, it was also like 200 members of Congress got the same treatment. Mm-hmm. 200, the, the, yeah. uh, the, the funny thing about this, uh, we get sick. I call the doctor and the doctor's like, take the stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I was like, I got people who are sick and they're like, we think everybody should get the therapy, the monoclonal antibodies. And then I guess Joe mentioned on his show, uh, is, is this true that like 200 members of Congress got a similar and their family members and yes. their family members? Yeah. And I just thought it was really funny when I was like, hey, Luke, isn't it funny that you are getting the same treatment as the Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of caught me off guard there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I but I did it. have a doctor's prescription for uh, ivermectin, but that's another story. Uh, I shared a lot of those stories on my uh, own channel and on my own what perspective. Are, but uh, what am I supposed to do when the doctor says, I want you to take this? I actually said no to the doctor at first, and they were like, you have to. And I'm like, okay, do I take Don Lemon's word for it, or do I, you know? <laughs> God. Joe Rogan. Well, you I don't mean, have look, the, to do The anything. COVID origins, the whole mandate, all that stuff is just, unfortunately, again, turned into political football, political theater, rather than what... What happened? Where did it come from? We we have really good intel on COVID origins, right? Again, I was back at uh, ODI running uh, running the IC, and part of our job is to brief the president. Presidential daily briefing. We take the most sensitive intelligence. We walk into the Oval and we say, "Hey, Mr. President, X, Y, and Z." He makes a decision with his cabinet. He decided based on those briefings, we're going to shut down travel from China. He's a racist. Fast forward, turns out. The whole world issued shutdown, uh, travel shutdowns, and they're still ongoing. So. Only just recently <laughs> did the Canadian border and the uh, the the UK to the US right? and the EU. And like, so this is just another example of the media carrying the water, leaking false information from the deep state and the government to perpetuate a fraud or just make Donald Trump look bad. And uh, I got to say this. This is sort of related but not really, but I always pro- – I promised uh, the brothers that I serve with that I would say this. So – the vaccine mandate. Here's the thing that ticks me off the most, okay? We did the Afghan withdrawal. We did it the right way. Biden comes in and wrecks the thing, right? 13 service members die, bringing them back. But we fly 125,000 refugees back here. Don't vet them. Nobody gets a COVID test. Nobody gets a COVID mandate vaccine. Southern border. Illegal immigrants getting stopped at the border, being allowed to come in. None of them are tested for COVID or given a COVID vaccine mandate. But my brothers in the special forces community have to decide about taking a COVID vaccine mandate or taking a knee for America. And that, I think, is the worst, worst crime that's being committed right now. Mm-hmm. Especially with people who can't take it. And doctors are yeah, saying not there's a to reason. take it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, a professional football player, was talking about how he has allergies that prevents him from taking this. And that's and, on the CDC's yeah. website. This is the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. The website says, right. here's the ingredients. You can read them for yourself. If you have allergies to them, you should not take this vaccine. And Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, yeah, two of those ingredients I have an allergy to. NBC News released a a great article, surprisingly. I'm surprised that they – I can't believe I'm saying this myself – (laughs) about the monocule antibody treatment showing how it lasts over eight months and and has – gives people a lot of protection and prevents a lot of serious cases from developing. The NBA ruled if you're in the NBA, you took the Johnson & Johnson shot – Two months after taking it, you need another booster shot. Uh, Pfizer, Moderna, you need it every six months mm-hmm. to be compliant with their vaccine passports, which, of course, they're implementing Never in, in, in professional sports. But they already implemented it in Israel. Israel, people have been forced to take a third invasive medical procedure uh, to be compliant with being able to mm-hmm. live in a society. I mean, that's just absolutely Here's the scary thing about all of it, right? I'll give you a 
We created the uh, COVID vaccines in like seven months. Polio vaccines took seven Warp years. Speed. Seven years, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have done it, right? It should be an option for those who want to take it. But here's the other thing. We don't know the long-term effects of this at all. Yeah. Nobody's been tested beyond a year and a half. Nobody this knows is, what's going to happen and, in your body Again, years. this is in the FDA insert on the community vaccine. It says long-term trials are currently underway. <laughs> so you got to be careful because YouTube's like, you know, they'll, they come after you if you say basic facts. Like Crowder's gotten hit on YouTube several times for just really? citing the CDC. But you know what? what? What am I supposed to do? Not say these things? Like it's it's the truth. The FDA literally said it. But the problem that Americans are now facing or have been facing is because thanks to the likes of Fauci and everything, they don't know what to trust. They don't know if I can trust the NIH. They don't know if I can trust the CDC or the FDA because every time this guy goes to the podium and says one thing in another month, he's saying the exact opposite. Why, why, why didn't Trump fire Fauci? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wish he had fired a lot of other people, but I, I throw Fauci sure. in there too. Who's top on your list? Like Millie? Millie is definitely up there. You know, back in the Comey, we got rid of him, so that was good. But like yeah. Rod Rosenstein, oh man, Gina Haspel, uh, Paul Nakasoni at NSA. I mean, the whole, like, there was just a big crew of people that just didn't. Yeah, Gina Haspel up. has, I mean, oh my, I mean, there's so many stories that are absolutely crazy about her. I can't even say, like, what she's accused of. Can I tell on, you on what show? the former director of the CIA was doing when Russiagate broke on British shores? shores? Mm-hmm with uh, Christopher Steele secretly meeting with all the people in England, Gina Haspel was leading up our intelligence apparatus in the Kingdom United. Wow. wow. Huh. So she would know more than anyone you would else. Think. She would She would be <laughs> the no one. But no one got to that question that her. eyes to, to understand this entire situation and make the right shots, right, make the right calls for it. And uh, nope. I mean, So bigger than Watergate. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. But the, the Watergate broke. The Watergate, right. the media was able to actually yeah. have humility. There was, was able indictment. To, yeah, they were able they to realize. look at themselves and be like, hey, we lied. This wasn't true. This is the actual truth here based on, on the documents. But, but back then, you still had a media. The political operatives learned, like, we got to control the media before we pull something like this off again. Well, you guys are the pros. What do you think? Do you think we get to a position where the media issue, not all of it, most of it issues a correction or a course? <laughs> no way. So, so look, here's what's happening with the media. Brian Stelter, for instance. You think he's going to report on any of this stuff? <laughs> no, he's not. Of course he's not. Is he, the, is he the guy that doesn't wear shorts on TV or is that someone else? That's uh, him. Uh, There's a photo him? of him yeah. uh, showing his full enough. view with short shorts. <laughs> these, are, these are companies that By the way, that we're, know. we're not doing that. We're all closed. No, we're all yeah, closed. we are all closed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, these are companies that know their ratings are in the gutter. And they know that if they were actually going to do news, they'd have to report the truth now. But then they would lose money. So like it's that. a crazy thing when you build your – I'll put it this way. Obviously, you know, we have our perspective. But I think our perspective here is really based on news reports that we can legit, we can we can verify to the best of our abilities. That means I do use CNN. Very often I got CNN articles pulled up right yeah. now. We didn't use them. But when I can verify it, I want to use those sources. 100%. The problem with a lot of these sources, CNN.com is actually not that bad. Foxnews.com is, is pretty good. Their cable pundits are where you'll get the opinion stuff mm-hmm. and the stuff that's kind of broken. Yeah. Fox News, Tucker Carlson does a good job. Um, not a big fan of Ingram and Hannity, but they're all right. MSNBC is complete trash. CNN is complete trash. And they've built their business around Trump sucks, right? Yeah. So they cannot they come out and say good things about Trump ever oh, okay. for any reason. Right. Because when 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 you dedicate your entire lineup to this is why Trump is bad. Here's what happens. CNN used to have regular viewers. 
I used to have CNN running 24-7 while I'm working. This is legit until I think it was like three or three or four years ago when all of a sudden I realized that they stopped talking about news and were only talking about Trump. I turned it off and put on Fox and Fox Fox was talking about Hong Kong and Iran Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I left. CNN knows I left. They know other moderate individuals like me who want the news left. They know their only viewers now are the fervent cult members. If they now try and course correct, they'll lose everyone because they're not Mm -hmm. getting me back. So they decide to stay the course. We, we, we built up this show for the most part on kind of pissing off everybody. <laughs> you seem uh, to be doing okay. But it's because I think most people who watch this show, like they disagree with me all the time and tell me I'm wrong. But it's like, as we're trying our best to be factual and consistent and honest about mm-hmm. what's going on. So hardcore Trump supporters are mad at me. Obviously, Antifa people don't like me. <laughs> the Trump supporters got really mad at me because right after the election, I said Trump lost. Mm. And the left is now claiming that I've claimed Trump won when I never did. And the right's mad at me, or I shouldn't say the right, but like Trump supporters, mm. like his hardcore advocates, are mad at me for saying he did lose. It's like a weird space to be in. But I feel like as long as we just try and pull up the facts and fact check them to the best of our abilities, then the people who are going to watch are those who actually care about being right and not political tribalism. True. CNN, however, is trapped. You know, so we're, we're at a point where I can come out and say, hey, you know that thing right wing person said? That's wrong. And they'll be like, well, you know, that's Tim. CNN, if they come out and say we were wrong about Trump, they'll get roasted. They'll get annihilated. So they, they're so trapped they forever. No more viewership. Yep. That's it. That's where they are forever. <laughs> that's terrible. Let's talk to our audience, though. Let's okay. go to Super Chats and yeah. see what uh, everybody has to say. There's probably a lot of questions and uh, probably a lot of questions about where we were and COVID and all that stuff. But uh, let's uh, let's address some of these uh, super chats, and we got this one. Here's the first one. Let's see how do you Recromorsen Lemniscate. All right, huh. I'm trying. He says, Tim, I'm starting to think you might be fake news. LOL. The NIH added ivermectin to their COVID-19 treatment list in August. Hard to find, but it's there. Oh. Fake news. Oh. Uh, what they actually did was there's a list of NIH uh, treatments currently approved or undergoing trial. Ivermectin is undergoing several different trials in the United States. It has not been FDA approved for treating COVID. There are a lot of studies. And uh, ultimately, just I just say this. You got to talk to your doctor. You know, uh, if, if the left gets really, really mad, I'm like, the story's simple. I called the doctor and they were like, this is the typical treatment. Maryland has monoclonal antibody uh, centers. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. This is an EUA-approved treatment. Yeah. And then I just so happened to have a doctor who said, I would like to get you on ivermectin and azithromycin in just in case, because that's what the doctor said. And I said, okay. That was it. But uh, a lot of people are sharing this thing from the NIH thinking that it means it's approved treatment. It's not. Wow. So you can read it. It says trials. All right. Thready says, shout out to Nick Recchietta. And Recchietta Media for epic live streams for the Rittenhouse trial. Absolutely. That viral clip when they were like, directed verdict was so much fun, so much fun. All right. I have to jump ahead because a lot of people are saying there's no audio, no audio. We fixed it. So uh, Mike Hilton says, did I miss something? Love listening to your podcast while working. It hasn't updated in almost two weeks. What's up? Take care. We all got COVID. Yeah. That's what happened. (laughs) Everybody got sick. Everyone's back. And um, uh, our good friend Joe Rogan covered the treatment for everybody because he is a really, really nice guy wow. and, and, and is able to do it. And a few of the other people here, uh, I covered the costs for because I like to help people out, I suppose. You socialist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I tweeted at uh, Bridget, Bridget Fetessy, uh tweeted something like, this is a really expensive treatment. And I was like, I responded with. I take care of people and, and, and I'm a commie. And she's like, I'm glad to hear that you're all right and a commie. 
Yeah. But I was, you know, I'm joking. But but seriously, thank you, Joe Rogan, for yeah. uh, helping us out. Uh, really, really means a lot, and we really appreciate it. I felt kind of bad because like we don't need someone to do that for us. But Joe was like, "I want to take care of you so guys." Nice. Yeah, it's still like, wow. very nice of him to go out of absolutely, way that, absolutely. So. I'm just like, you know, I got to be honest. If I I I feel like I was I was really bad. My lungs were really wow. bad. I was struggling to breathe, and I feel like if I didn't talk to Joe about it and just ignored it and thought. You know, I'm just going to sit this one out. I probably would have ended up in the ER. You, you were still in the beginning phases. I talked to the nurse, and she was like, you're just getting into this. This was, was only the beginning for you. Uh, by day so. two, I had I, – so day it's day three. I hadn't slept. I couldn't. I, it was impossible to sleep. I wow. could barely breathe, and I hadn't eaten because I, no. I couldn't I, – I was struggling to eat. So uh, thankfully, I have a very amazing girlfriend who was helping take care of me while I'm sick. And finally, it got to the point where I was like, I got to call and talk to someone because like I was thinking when the when the first doctor said it's a virus, sleep it off. Mm -hmm. I was thinking this is probably the worst of it. And it started getting worse. So finally that night I was like, it's it's way worse. It was like rapidly escalating and how bad it was getting. And so I called Joe and then I was just like, I don't know, man. You know, I talked to a doctor and he was like, bro, take it seriously. Don't Mm -hmm. ignore it because I got sick and you've seen what – so then I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to start, you know, I'm, I'm going to call another doctor. Was, I called one other doctor and they were like, you're sounding like you're getting bad. So we're going to, you know, give you the full monoclonal antibodies and all the stuff. And then I talked to Joe again. That's when he was like, I'm going to take care of you guys and I want to make sure everyone's safe. But I genuinely believe if I didn't follow up, if I just thought to myself, I'll sleep this one off, I would have ended up in the ER and I would have been there for, I don't know how long. I don't think I would have died or anything. I don't know for sure, but I, I couldn't breathe. It was, oh. it was crazy. Like I was like, <gasps> and I skate almost every day. I've been doing, you know, uh, uh, for the most part keto for a while, but people just, I think there's a chance you get hit bad. Yeah. Most people my age, like my risk factors are really low, but I just got hit like a, like a nuke, man. Everybody else seemed to be mo- moderately okay. Got treated and everyone got better real quick. All right, let's read some more. Shannon M says, Cash, you're a hero and so fine. Luke's still my celebrity crush, though. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I thought I was going to one-up you. Thank, uh, thank you. All right, let's see. Derek Bambenek says, Kyle isn't out of the woods yet, but this does put a smile on my face. Mm. You know, it is great to watch the trial and hear the truth, even from, you know, like, the prosecution when they when they bring their witness and they the, the truth comes out and you're like I'm glad to hear it but it doesn't mean Kyle's going to get a fair assessment. No, you get to hear it on TV. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's see. Unspecial noobs says if Kyle gets off, do you think he can press charges against uh, against Gross, Grosskreutz? Is there any recourse for him since he was a victim in this? Also, Luke, I have two of your shirts and everyone love them. Yeah, they're a great way of starting conversations or making enemies very quickly. Uh, but I, I get a lot of high fives. I get a lot of thumbs up. I get a lot of people coming up to me like, this is awesome. This is great. So thanks for uh, helping and supporting me on the bestpoliticalshirts.com. Do you think there's a possibility that they charge Grosskreutz after the case? Criminally? Yeah. No. Um, if he gets if he gets acquitted, he, Rittenhouse... He might have some moves in civil court to go after them and maybe even the attorney's office, but the state attorney's office, but it's a, that's a steep, steep fight. Toy Painter says if Kyle is found not guilty, the crooked feds will swoop in with civil rights charges. 
They could. They could. I did they that might. with with Chauvin. Yeah, you could always come in and issue, and they usually wait for the state court criminal cases to play out first, and the DOJ then takes a look at uh, criminal uh, civil rights violations, and they could. So uh, PRCE5 says, apparently Kyle cleared a malfunction before shooting Grosskreutz. So Kyle might have tried to shoot while his hands were up. Light primer strike. ALS HD drone footage doesn't sound good for Kyle either. Still self-defense. I don't know if that's that's true, though. Um, we, you know, I, I think in the video you can see him pull the rack back, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. I mean, the jury could be convinced by it, but it doesn't mean that he did try and shoot somebody. It just means he was clearing a malfunction. No, it's a fact they got to consider. Um, yeah, he 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 may have fired at the one guy and then saw the malfunction and then cleared it. You know, but but that, that's that's I think it's important to bring up because it's you know to act like the defense has only been winning. And no. there's nothing the state has. No, nah, that, that's crazy. The state has their emotional play, especially getting this guy out there and nearly crying. Mm-hmm. I feel like that uh, Rosen is that his name? Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum. The, Rosenbaum. the guy. Yeah. The, he's like basically a skinhead, white look, white nationalist looking dude. Well, if that had been, but a, he's he's not. That's what he looks like, though. And he's like, <laughs> shoot me, n word. He's screaming the n word. Shoot me, n word. If that had been a black guy. You would see riots and pitchforks and stuff lit on fire right now because he was like a skinheaded white dude. It's like the the media is all on the side of Rittenhouse on this one. It's like it's wait what water under the bridge. The media absolutely is not on the side of Rittenhouse. They're, they're like they've been new... framing every no 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 no. They're not they, going. They wrote after a story. Like they did with Chauvin. The, no way, dude. You're there's they, just they, no pitchforks. Every story they wrote today was like victim says he he thought I was going to die, and the story is like I knew that if I didn't confront this active shooter, it would mean more harm, and I knew that if I approached him, I might die, and that's how they framed everything. Thing. And Newsweek wrote, Rittenhouse, uh, they said, witness testifies that Rittenhouse held him at gunpoint while he reloaded his gun. <laughs> like, first of all, that never happened. He never testified to that. And there's nothing in any video that Kyle Rittenhouse held anybody up. The media has absolutely been framing this one. If you've only read mainstream news about how Rittenhouse, you'd have no idea what was going on. I guess I'm, it's relative to a situation that didn't happen because there wasn't like a black dude that was screaming, kill me, N-word, shoot me. You're, you're saying that if it was like... If it had been a racial, if it had been a black and white thing, this would be they a, tried. another universe. There, there are activists tweeting like, Kyle Rittenhouse killed three black people, and it's like... No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That never happened. But they're tweeting it. They're saying it. And, and honestly, it shouldn't matter because justice is blind. But I'm, that seems like that's influencing. I'll tell the you. Reaction. You want to know the craziest thing I saw today? I went on Reddit. The second highest upvoted post on Reddit was the picture of the prosecutor face palming, and it said <laughs> Rittenhouse prosecution after the latest witness. And the comments were like, "Open and shut case, self defense done." Like this is Reddit of all places, Dang. and they were like, "It's self defense." Then you get the activists being like, why did you carry a gun across state lines? And immediately people were like, that never happened. You've not been watching the trial. It was He got the weapon in Kenosha from his quote-unquote brother, a good friend, who sold him out to try and avoid criminal charges himself. Talk about brutal. Yeah, the dude who gave Rittenhouse the gun claims that Rittenhouse stole it from his house. And then the defense got him to testify that you're being criminally charged by this same prosecutor for giving a weapon to Rittenhouse. And he's like, yes. And he's like, and you're hoping that by testifying against Kyle, you'll get a lighter sentence. And he's like, yes. Thanks. (laughs) This is so dirty, man. (laughs) All right. We got Ernie Bio. He says, Cash, you're a beast. Eric July is 100% right. The system is beyond reform. And the answer is decentralization. Crowder made a great point saying anyone running under the R ticket needs to put disbanding the FBI at the top. (laughs) Well, there you go. There it is. 
What's good, says Trump Pompeo ticket 2024 landslide win. Please tell me if I'm wrong in your opinion, Tim. I believe you are wrong. I think uh, DeSantis should run. Here's what I'll tell you. One, Trump and Pompeo will never be a ticket. Mm. Two, if President Trump decides to run in 2024, DeSantis will not run. But if Trump does not run, I do agree with you, Tim, that I think it's Ron's to uh, to have. I think Trump could lose. I think based yeah, based on the tsunami, like the what we just saw in the last election, mm-hmm. based on what we might see in 2022, I'm not entirely convinced Republicans are going to win in 2022 either. People are people like it's historically supposed to be a Republican sweep because of the the presidency. Like sure. this is typically typically what you see, but there are a lot of rule changes. There's universal mail in voting. There's there's the redistricting. Ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all good. The redistricting redistricting is good for Republicans. The historical trends is good for Republicans, so maybe they'll win. And maybe this means that you could put a ham sandwich on as a Republican ticket in 2024 and people would vote for it for president because mm. look what happened with the state senator in New Jersey. <laughs> this trucker guy was just like, I put in a hundred bucks, signed up to win, uh, to run, and then the people voted for me. So maybe, maybe, um, it might be anybody. My concern with Trump is when you look at Virginia, suburban housewives voted for Youngkin. Mm-hmm. Suburban housewives do not vote for Donald Trump. Mm. Three years is a long political time. It is. Eternity, man. So maybe. Maybe, man. All right. Clef the Misfit says, is it possible for the judge to declare a mistrial if the verdict comes back guilty? Because it'd be clear the trial has not been fair. He he can always declare a mistrial if moved by the defense to do that. But, I mean, a directed verdict 1% of the time, a mistrial after the jury's already come back with their verdict, maybe 1% of that 1%. Doesn't seem likely. I don't think the defense would want a mistrial, right? They're pretty confident. Yeah, and that's the other thing. They're pretty confident, so they I don't see why they would even raise that. Right. All right. Michael Weston, um, big fan of your work with the CIA, Michael Weston. He says, Freedom Phone updates, or what do you guys think about showing everyone how to do it themselves on Minds or TimCast.com? We we ordered. They're, back, they're backlogged, right? Yeah, we weren't able to order them. So we'll have to try and order those again. But last time we were using multiple cards and getting denied. Super, super the problem is if we request special phones from them, we get Potemkin phones. And then what's the point? And if I order them or put them under the name of people who are obvious. So it has to be done through people they won't recognize to addresses they won't recognize. And there was a backlog and we couldn't put the orders through. But we're trying. It's not so easy, I suppose. Nolan Hempy says, y'all should get Recchietta Law on to talk about the trial after it's over. He's done a great job covering every detail of the trial. Absolutely would love to have Recchietta yeah. Law on the show. That'd be great. Um, we're going to be in Austin next week. Yes. Yeah. We can announce that? Yeah. All right. We're going to be yes, in Austin. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. I'm so excited about it. We're doing more trips, which is going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of characters in Austin. So expect a really, really jam-packed show. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, Andy, who's our tech guy, is, has been building our mobile production studio. He's yes. great. He's been working nonstop. Tech, tech, no. tech genius, tech master. And, uh, so we have this 40 foot RV and he's basically got it up and running. So we're good to go. We're going to dispatch the RV, send a crew to drive it down to Austin. Then we're going to fly because we have to do the show. We have to do the show, you know, Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday morning, we can fly out. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to drive long enough to get an RV to Austin. So we have to send an advance crew. We're going to be in Austin for the week. We'll probably do show with uh, shows. All the guests will be your good, our good Austin friends. And then in January, I think we're doing Nashville. Then in March, we're going to what, Florida. Uh, yeah. Um, um, 
Bitcoin conference. Yeah, there's going to be that. There's going to be Porkfest as well. So New Hampshire Porkfest. Yep. So that'll so. be in June. So we're basically trying to do something like once a month where See. we'll actually send out the mobile production unit to a city for an event, book guests from these from these areas. That way we can be traveling a bit more. So that'd be like one week out of the month. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But these are big events. Like Porkfest is huge. That's like basically yeah. a free state project festival, right? Yeah. I mean, thousands of people come down for that. And it's it's a great, amazing, aggregist way of creating a society that runs on its own volitions that runs pretty effectively and pretty amazingly. And I was I was reading about redistricting in New Hampshire, and it's hilarious because yeah. the free state people are eliminating <laughs> Democrats. Yeah, they are. Do you know about the free state project? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. So we'll have uh, – I think, I think we have Starlink – in the middle of nowhere we get. So thanks to Elon Musk, we'll do the oh, show wow. in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be so much fun. Hopefully the AC works. It'll be in June. <sighs> All right. Let's see. Alex Maggiore says, if you replace, quote, anonymous source with, quote, crackhead behind Speedway, CNN, MSNBC, and WAPO starts to make more sense. Put that on a T-shirt, Luke. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> so it's, it's true, though. You could say something like you could go behind Nancy Pelosi's office. And find a homeless guy, mm-hmm. and then he can say whatever he wants, and you could put a source close to Pelosi's office said. <laughs> like, I, I meant physically close to it, there not it like is. politically close. <laughs> All right, let's see. You know who says Steele dossier was on 4chan before it was public. The thread is still archived with the date, and an anon claimed he made it up. And fed it to intelligence sources. All the details of the bed and pajamas were invented on 4chan. I heard that. I don't know if that's true. Have you heard that? I've not heard that. There was a post on 4chan where they said that they submitted a fake tip about the P-tape or something. And then it got picked up and put in the Steele dossier. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I I, I saw it circulating on, on 4chan for sure. All right. BlackRock Vegan says the Pulitzer Prize is appropriate for Russiagate, considering Pulitzer is often credited with helping to create yellow journalism, using eye-catching headlines to increase sales rather than presenting well-researched news. And there it is. Casey Race says 2021 is ending with the center becoming awakening to the superset of the subset of left and right bullish lake time. I don't know what you mean by that. Jordan Dollarheight says, Cash Patel for president? <laughs> no chance I'm ever running for office of any kind. How do you, how do you, how do you end up working in the White House? Like, how do you end up in politics if it's like you're not trying to be a politician? Like a million beers. Yeah. <laughs> you're just drunk uh, at a bar and someone's like, you want a job? And you're like, I guess. I mean, I'll give you the quick version. The funny story is I went to law school to be that guy from Suits, you know, like go make a ton of money, be that, you know, badass in the program and just be that dude in New York City. Long story short, best laid plans was in government service for 16 years got a liking for national security and then just sort of kept chasing that uh chasing that uh tail and um it really worked out cool there you go but not running for office never never all right old man new to trading says alex jones brought up the diary brought the diary up on joe rogan podcast with tim Dillon a long time ago another thing he was onto ahead of people yep that's interesting all right, let's see. C.J. Sedman says, since the FBI rated Veritas, does that mean that Veritas can publish the diary for the same reason the Steele dossier was published? I think they could just on the, you know, because, yeah, now it's like the FBI is investigating it. And it's newsworthy and people need to know what's in it, right? They could, but they could also get in more trouble with the FBI now that the raid has happened. But why, though? They're journalists. They can publish information, right? The FBI can go to them and say this is 
information related to an ongoing criminal matter. So if you really? if you screw up our investigation, maybe we hit you with obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. I feel like James is the kind of guy who's going to be like, screw you and publish no, it. No, I, I think, you're, I think well, you're right. In his announcement video, he literally said they requested we not disclose the investigation <laughs> and we're disclosing it anyway. Yeah. So. so there you go, huh? I, I, I think what, you know, one of the things that keeps James safe mm-hmm. is that they know he will go nuclear and not stand by. Because when you get compliant is mm-hmm. when they know they can bully you and yeah. they can push you around. But mm-hmm. James can't be bullied. He's going to publish. And so they got to be careful. They got to tread carefully. All right. Colin Sanders says the whole intelligence community is rotten. If you stay on missions, your corrupt leaders assign you to them. You are just as evil as they are. The good ones leave. Sincerely, a former NSA analyst. Do you, do you think they're all, the whole intelligence community is rotten? Like every person, every? A lot of the leadership is, but no, not a lot of, the, not a lot of the guys that do the job every day. All right. Let's see. Can't read that. Con Boom Klerschler? I don't know. She says, and Schumer spoke with satisfaction to Maddow saying Trump shouldn't challenge the intelligence agencies. He should, he should fear them. Evil. Oof. Malcolm Palm says, great stream tonight, Tim, at all. Thank you all for that you're doing cash. Keep up the good fight. Right on. DB says, cash, where are all the good, honest FBI and other intelligence agents we were told about? Other than you, I've heard of no one being a whistleblower against their corrupt bosses. And that's exactly where they are. These guys don't sign up to become whistleblowers. They're just doing the job. And I can tell you for whatever it's worth. I prosecuted some of the biggest terrorists in the world, in Africa, across the country, brought some of the biggest criminal charges you can imagine. Those guys are still there working. They're still putting people away the right way, and they're not going to go out and blow whistles, and they're not going to go out and get a headline. Word. Alternative JK says, I was bummed you and the crew got sick during my birthday, which is on Halloween. I even dressed up as Tim from the beanie (laughs) shirt and made a TimCast press ID. I even posted on my Instagram, glad to see Tim and the crew back together and recovered. Thank you so much for the for the warm uh, wishes, Does everybody. Have a photo of the Halloween costume. Yeah, he posted on Instagram. Oh. I guess alternative JK ninety. Uh, it was going to be great. Luke was going to dress up like me for Halloween, and I was going to dress up like me. Yeah, that's be great. So, you know. All right. Artificial duality says Kyle did not try to fire when the hands when the hands were up. They said they found exactly eight spent casings. No mentions of a light primer strike unfired round. That is correct. I remember that. So they went over the forensics of the weapon and yeah, they, they knew exactly how many times were fired. So that was just a manipulation. Oh, I thought he was going to shoot me or whatever. All right. Let's see. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, I went to my YouTube subscription page and I couldn't find you. I had to go to the IRL channel itself. What WTF was it? Does that mean? Are they watching you now? Oh, of course. Even Luke was trying to pull up the live stream earlier and he couldn't do it. So. We'd probably get way more viewers if YouTube wasn't, you know, yeah. And we have a big show as it is. I mean, everybody who watches, thank you so much for watching, you know. Really appreciate everybody who tunes in. Waffle Sensei says, Gage Grosskreutz testimony. I wasn't pulling my gun out and chasing him. I was running in his direction while my gun fell out of my waistband into my hand so I could surrender to him with my gun aimed at his head. No joke. That's literally (laughs) what he said. He didn't say it verbatim like that. He was asked, like, were you chasing him? He goes, no. He's like, so you were mo- you were running towards him? No. You were moving very quickly towards him. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, and you drew your weapon? No. And even the state prosecutor was like, 
at this point in the, in, in the, in the day, you drew your weapon? And he goes, no. And then he goes, isn't that you on video holding your <laughs> weapon? And he goes, yes. And he goes, okay. Gosh. Like the state was like, why did you just lie about something? We're That's showing the sad. jury on video. <laughs> this dude, it was obvious and he was, it was crazy. There was a point where Rittenhouse was almost smiling. And I mentioned this to you. It's like, yeah, defendant should not look smug or happy. Don't do that. But there was the, the way Grosskreutz was acting too. Mm-hmm. He was like, his whole attitude, his demeanor was like, no. Yes. Ridiculous. Mm. No. And I was like, man, this guy's like acting really smug. And I kind of feel bad. I'm like, look, I want to hear him out. I don't know this guy. I want to hear what he has to say. But man, the way he was behaving was very like, hmm. And the, ju- and the jury see that. They yep. see that all day long. And then is lying constantly. I'm like, dude. Bad luck. How, how are you going to go up there and be sh- like, here's a video. Like, jury, please watch this video of, of, the, of the witness cha- running towards Kyron House with his gun drawn. And then have him go, I didn't do that. It's like, there's a video. He just showed it. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's see. Stalin Falcon says you are the first person to make Nikki's grave rolling ancestors happy with the correct pronunciation of Rekieta. Did I pronounce it right? Maybe uh, so. That's how it's pronounced. Know. I don't know. No idea. All right. I'll take credit for, I typically pronounce names poorly. <laughs> there you go. Robert Stratton says, Cash, thanks for your service at LX. Do you agree that 4chan has IO chops and analysis capabilities that might rival a small country? <laughs> I think I so. so. I yeah. definitely Great question. Think I would say so. Yeah. But I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Dr. Seuss Leafy says, Hey, Tim, the Young Turks said you're unvaxxed and taking horse paste. My friend Jesse said they can't keep getting away with it. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I will say two things. Did they, uh, did they actually say horse paste? I never said I took ivermectin. Hmm. Or did I? No, I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm pretty sure I'm very careful with my words. And I said I was prescribed it. I told my doctor I didn't want to take it, but he insisted that I did. I don't believe I've ever actually said I ingested any of it. Hmm. So it was interesting when I tweeted that I was prescribed it. I'm very careful here. And then they immediately come out and say that Tim did take it. Oh, I actually tweeted I didn't take it. I tweeted that Don Lemon knows better than my doctor. So I refused. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, so are they going to claim I took something I didn't? No, that's that's defamation. That's libel. Not that I care. The Young Turks, they have like no audience. All they have left are like old cult members. Jenk Uger tweeted at Tulsi Gabbard because she said, you know, Youngkin winning is good. Americans are rejecting racism. And then he was like, critical race theory is not being taught in schools because the only thing he has is to lie to people because he's lost. The American people hate critical race theory. Black Lives Matter is now actually, you know, I, I had the poll earlier. I didn't pull it up. Black Lives Matter is now 44, 44% supported and 44% opposed, mm, yeah. according to civics. And among independent voters, they're in the gutter. So the regular working class American voters that need to be convinced for winning an election have spoken. We do not like this race stuff. We do not like critical race theories, a theory. The suburban women voted Republican. And the only thing, like, like I was mentioning with CNN, when they build their audience around cult, the cult, if they course correct now, they'll lose everyone because mm. the Young Turks will never get someone like me back. You know, I'll never watch them again because they lie. Like everything out of their mouth is just garbage, it's clear now, yeah. just bunk lies, in my opinion. <laughs> and, you know, so so all they can do is pander. They've got nothing left. It's too bad for them. Mm. Too bad for them. All right. Let's see. Here we go. 
Some wingnut says, Cash, where can we get the shirt you have on? Oh. Fightwithcash.com. I got a lot of merch, including this jacket. Take a look. It'll be up next jacket. week. Yeah. All right. Danette says, hey, Cash, thank you for all your patriotic work. Tell Devin thank you from one Central Valley Portuguese family to another. <laughs> There's a large Portuguese family uh, population out in the Central Valley. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's one of the biggest in America, actually. Wow. Huh. Right on. Well, my friends, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Tell your friends about the show if you really like it. That's what really helps out. That's how podcasts basically grow as people tell people and say, hey, I really like the show. You should check it out. And you can go to TimCast.com, become a member because we're going to have a members-only segment coming up, published usually around 11 or so p.m. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to talk about all the really cool stuff that, you know, well, we just talk about members-only stuff. There you go. We talk about <laughs> news and other stuff. It's basically just another, you know, half-hour show. Sometimes we say we swear a lot more, so yes. I'll put it that way. Ooh. I don't want I don't want to say we don't talk about certain things on this show that we would on that show. For the most part, there are some things we typically only do on the website, but for the most part, we'll talk about everything. We just you know we cuss. Yeah. And if you want to see it, go to TimCast.com, become a member. And you can follow the show at TimCast IRL basically everywhere. You can follow me at TimCast basically everywhere. Check out the Instagram videos I got and memes and stuff. Uh, do you want to shout out anything, Cash? Uh, look, I just appreciate coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. I've never done this style format. So I appreciate you guys having me out, helping me support fightwithcash.com. Um, and um, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it and you want to understand Russiagate, go watch The Plot Against the President. That's the best advice I can give to you guys. Cash, this, this was great. I was so happy you, you came on. Oof, I man, really I appreciated the conversation. <laughs> no, it was awesome. And uh, when the FBI uh, uh, busts down my door for my political commentary, I'm going to give you a phone call. I'll become, so a, lawyer, I, I I'll become a lawyer again. I got you covered, buddy. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. I also have my own YouTube channel on YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change where I have a lot of fun. And I even go even crazier on LukeUncensored.com where I recently shared my COVID story and my learning lessons from getting COVID. All on LukeUncensored.com. Thanks for having me. It was a great conversation. You mentioned fightwithcash.com. Yeah, you mentioned K, it before. So. What is it exactly? So the real quick is basically I started suing all these people for defamation, and people came up to me and said, I've been defamed. I've been deplatformed by big tech, big media. I don't have the money to do it, so I'm going around the country raising money, and I've got a team of lawyers who will take your cases at a deep discount, so we'll cut the check to retain those lawyers so you can have your day in court. And all of my content's on there. My show Cash's Corner on Epoch Times is on there once a week on national security, defense, intelligence, and fun photos. And hopefully this uh, this podcast, this this show will be on there too with oh, your guys' cool. permission. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. See you later. Thank you guys for tuning in for us mm-hmm. again. Thank you for not forgetting us in our long and very sad absence. And I have to say, Cash's idea is really, really smart. We were talking about Project Veritas making this fun to support people in, in pursuing legal action for this. I think it's a wonderful idea. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlitz. And uh, yeah. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in the members only section. And I will add, we have recently begun putting up episodes of Tales from the Inverted World members only. The first episode was with Ian Crossland. Yeah, it was epic. And people were really excited for it. So this is like, it's not a political show. You guys are talking about like simulism or or something? Yeah, quite a lot of things. Psychedelics and just consciousness, um, perception. Fascinating, fascinating episode. So we're going to have more more of this. I'm really excited for – it's not really a season, but Tales from the Inverted World, the first several episodes are kind of just like, you know, stories of intrigue. But the next arc we have with Shane is Ghosts of the Confederacy because he went down south. He found these ghost stories. He's tracking down old Confederate gold. He saw UFOs. So the next arc of all of the stories he's going to be writing are going to be his experience and like – 
Dude, some of these old Civil War ghost, ghost stories are crazy. It's crazy. They're great. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. And there's a really dark stuff, too, with Sherman's March to the Sea. Mm. Appar- like, yeah. you, you know, the scorched earth, yeah. burning down homes and just destroying farms. Like, It's a rough piece of history. Yeah, it is, man. It is. And there's a lot of crazy stories out of that stuff. So definitely check out Tales from the Inverted World if you want some non-political stuff. And we'll see you over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.